And now, back from an awesomely successful tour, the Earl of Funk, the Duke of Cool, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, Stitch Jones! Hello and welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies we thought were cool. I'm your host, Farron, and today I am joined by the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. Hey, Adam. Hey. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the, any of the other ones that he had, so I'm... Um, Earl of Funk, or the, the Duke of, of Cool. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. The Sultan of Swing, was that in there? I think that was in there yeah. somewhere, too, yeah. So, <laughs> that's a second 80s movie to use the term Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. Is it really? What was the first one? Have you ever seen uh, Road Warrior? Uh, Mad Max. No, no, oh, I haven't. One second, please. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. The, yeah. I'm going to try and imagine you more as a rock star than some freaky guy in a leather studded thong and a hockey mask. Please do. Please, <laughs> please, please do. That's terrifying. That's that's from the Road Warrior. He called oh. himself the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla. And, and Road and Warrior comes now. first. Yeah. So, but I mean, the term Ayatollah, it's like the head yeah. religious guy in Iran, and Iran was in everyone's mind in the States in the 80s. Right. And so, yeah, I get it, but it's just like... Yeah. For the record, if you ever show up in my house in a in a in a studded leather thong and a hockey mask, I'm not letting you in. I don't care how much we need a, we need episodes. That's that's record. entirely fair. I don't blame you for that in the slightest. I, <laughs> it's it's like a train wreck. I can't stop looking at okay, it. Okay, well I'll close it. Thank then. you. So, yeah, he's a leader of a gang of post-apocalyptic god knows mm. what's and uh, calls like himself the, the ayatollah of rock and roll see, every time i come over here you keep showing me screenshots of men wearing thongs last it time it was sean connery Zard- yeah, Zardoz. Yeah. <laughs> it always seems to work out that way doesn't it yeah so anyway we're doing uh heartbreak ridge today uh which premiered on the 5th of december 1986 it was directed by clint eastwood written by james carabazzos uh, who i'd never heard of no and stars you know clint eastwood uh, Marsha Mason, she plays Aggie, his ex-wife. Oh, okay. Everett McGill plays Major Malcolm Powers. He's yeah. the guy who just came over from Supply. Yes. It's actually the second movie this this season we've had him in. In Dune, he was Stilgar. Right. And then Mario Van Peebles, who plays, you know, uh, the, the Ayatollah of rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stitch. Some, Stitch, yeah, Jones. Corporal Stitch Jones. Jones. Yeah. Mario Van Peebles is quite the, quite the writer, director, and actor. Have you ever seen New Jack City? No, I've, I'm familiar with it, but yeah, I've not actually the, seen the it. the rise and fall of a crack gang, right. crack dealing gang with Wesley Snipes and Marathon Peebles. He wrote it. He directed it. Okay. He stars in it. He's been doing movies his whole life. He His father was in a movie called Sweet Sweetbags Sweet, Sweet, Sweet Sweet Revenge, I think it's called. It was the first quote-unquote black exploitation movie. Okay. It was made by African Americans, theoretically for African Americans, but it exploited all the stereotypes. Right. His father made the film. And made him at like thirteen star in it. Ooh! It and there's a scene where he's with uh, 
like a prostitute, and I guess it was real. And it, he made a movie about it. Mary Van Peebles made a movie in which he played his own father making Sweet movie. Sweetbacks. It's called Bad Ass with a whole lot of A's. <laughs> but it's a really good film. Like, like Mary Van Peebles is one of these guys, he just... He can do no wrong. Right. But then he was in Highlander 3. Uh, and I, he played a sorcerer and with more face piercings than any 20 people should ever have. Sorcerer? Really? Yeah. They went that far with it? I know. It's hard to believe with a, with a movie as grounded in realism well, okay. and, 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 and highfalutin drama as Highlander. But yeah, he was in the third one and it, it's bad. Really, really. I trust bad. you on yeah. that. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. I'll just take your yeah. word for the it. The one notable in it is that um, my former roommate's cousin. Okay, she's in it too. Oh, cool. So she's actually a very good actress. Oh. But yeah, so this movie was made for 15 million bucks. Standard Clint okay. Eastwood. Yeah. It's made for you know for bare bones. Yeah. But it made 42.7. So again, also standard Clint Eastwood. Nothing he ever makes is like this wild runaway billion dollar blockbuster. Right. But it doesn't flop. But it doesn't flop. He, he makes good movies. They're usually well-written. Mm-hmm. They're well-acted. He makes them for very little money, yeah. and they turn a profit. And it's hard, not to, it's hard to argue with that. Exactly. I mean, say what you will about the guy outside of uh Yeah, he's cinema. gotten a little angry in his old age, but... But who hasn't? Let's he, be honest. Well, I don't know. I'm only 43, not 152. <laughs> but uh, I'm probably not going to do... I'm probably not going to do a shtick with a, an empty chair. Oh, God, Republic I forgot Commission, about that. But yeah. yeah. But no, he's... I mean, you know, it's, it's Clint Eastwood. If you go to a Clint Eastwood movie that stars Clint Eastwood, you're going to get Clint Eastwood. Absolutely. I was thinking about this on my way over here today, was that you don't go to a Clint Eastwood movie... Actually, I think that my university professor put this best, is that you don't go to a movie starring a big name, uh, Harrison Ford, mm-hmm. uh, Brad Pitt, whoever. Yeah. You don't go to see them play a character. You go see them play themselves. You see them play themselves playing a character. It depends on who you're talking about. I mean, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis? Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's like, fair. He's terrifying. They're... You can forget who Daniel Day-Lewis actually yeah. is. You've, uh, you've got some outliers, but on the whole... Yeah. Brad Pitt's always going to be Brad Pitty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford usually plays the lovable rogue. Exactly. Uh, certainly, his two biggest roles are very much that. Indiana very Jones much and unflappable. Solo. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, Schwarzenegger is Schwarzenegger. Exactly. You don't go to see Schwarzenegger play a downtrodden poet. But there was he was in a really good movie recently. I can't remember what it was. Where he played the father of a daughter who, well, essentially has zombieism. Oh, okay. But it takes it very seriously. And uh, you know, it's sort of beyond our podcast here. But nah. it's whatever the name of that movie is. Like it, he doesn't have a lot of range, but right. He does what he does really well because he had a good director. Yeah. And Clint Eastwood had a good director, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. But I like that because he knows what his audience expects and they sort of go for it. Exactly. And here you get Clint Eastwood. Oh, you get full Clint Eastwood. <laughs> it, it starts with Clint Eastwood and it finishes with yeah, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, uh, who just happens to have another name, you know, gun, Gunnery Sergeant. Uh, uh, Tom. Tom uh, Hi- Highway. Highway. Gunny yes. Highway. Yeah. Gunny Highway. So, you know, it's the first time I saw this film – Again, this is a sort of a super channel special. Mm-hmm. It's a grown-up film. It's not for kids. No, it's uh, not. But even as a kid, so if it came out in uh, 86, I probably saw it in the summer of 87, that would have put me at 12 or so, 12-ish. Okay. You know, 12, 13. Uh, well, 12-ish. And I really enjoyed it back then, despite the fact that there's there's not a lot of action in it, mm-hmm. but it's really funny. And the relationship stuff isn't melodramatic. It actually seems quite realistic. Yeah. I just, 
I got a kick out of it. And at this point, I was already thinking about joining the military. Mm-hmm. Certainly not the U.S. Marines, you know, no, this, being Canadian, among yeah. other things. But yeah. A little bit of a difficult time doing that. Yeah. Well, no, actually, I think the, I think the Marines take immigrants. I oh, think, really? I think. Oh. I mean, at least they used to, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, someone my um, my mother grew up with, you know, Canadian in Montreal, mm-hmm. went south and became actually a, a U.S. Army uh, MP, a military oh. police officer in um, in Saigon during the war. Really? Yeah, yeah. That 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 did some interesting things to him. But I anyway, yeah. So I, but yeah. So I, I was sort of thinking of joining the army, and and, and this sort of I I, I kind of like the way like the banter feels more or less realistic yeah except the singing uh. the singing is not ideal um <laughs> some of the acting from non-primary characters is a yeah. little bit subpar well, well they're all very too there are no fully fleshed out characters no. here uh except maybe aggie aggie is a yeah aggie is kind more of fleshed out. you get gunny highway a little bit you get a little bit you get a bit of an arc for him but at the end of the day he's still the character that he kind of starts out as mm-hmm. really well, that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. He's this unflappable gunnery sergeant who's yeah. the been there, done that guy. Yeah. Actually, I think the most character development that you get out of somebody is out of Stitch Jones. Yeah, because he's yeah, because he, it's not so much that he grows as that he realizes it's time to put away the bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, so I, you know, when I saw it, I, I really appreciated all this. I really got a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Now, the first time it turns out you saw this was this morning. <laughs> so yeah. So what did you think about it? Did you enjoy it? You know what? It was a really, really good movie. I went into it. Um, did you have any idea what this was when I suggested it? When you'd initially suggested it, I actually did quick a uh, quick Google search of yeah. it. So, so you'd never heard of it before. I, I hadn't. I found Heartbreak Ridge, the Wikipedia yeah. entry for the movie, and then Heartbreak Ridge, the or sorry, which led me to the U.S. invasion of uh, Grenada. Grenada yeah. And then so okay, I've got a general gist of what this movie is, but yeah. I didn't expect that the U.S. invasion of Grenada was only going to be the last thirty minutes of the film. Yeah, and it's funny because when I saw the film. You know, the, the invasion of Grenada, Operation Urgent Fury. Yes. Um, that happened on the 25th of October, 1983. Right. So I was like eight years old. So no, I didn't pay attention. My, my, my first my first remembering of a, a U.S. Army operation would have been actually the invasion of Panama, which was in 89. Okay. I know because I was in, uh, we were in Maui and watching it on CNN. What stands out to you about this film that you've seen it now? The fact that it really does drive at a story and it drives at reality it, it doesn't strive for over-the-top action mm-hmm. the action that it does have is really really grounded yeah um it doesn't strive for uh these incredible characters who suddenly everybody has these outstanding person like they're they're yeah. people they're, they're just, just people, yeah. people yeah and i like the fact that in doing these things that are so restrained mm-hmm. it feels very outstanding yeah, no, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's very much, you know, Roger Ebert, when he reviewed it, he said, you know, this is a, this is a movie that's been done 50 times before. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the experienced sergeant who takes a bunch of raw recruits and, and whips them into shape. Right. You know, you almost don't need the script. No. But it's because he brings a sort of a simplicity to it and a realism, you can, you can appreciate it for what it is. Uh, you know, I've seen this film dozens of times. And it's actually the same sort of thing that stands out to me, but also how low budget it is. Um, yeah. Ebert had said that you know they seem to make a they seem to take a, a couple of Quonset huts and a, and a building or two and turn it into a military base. Mm-hmm. You never seen them more than about what a hundred soldiers, maybe. Yeah, mostly at the end, the final scene where yeah. they're landing. That's... And, and I wonder whether that's just stock footage from like the U.S. Army media, you know, like uh, news relations people or something. Right. But yeah, it's 
they make an entire world out of almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film was made in like six weeks or something insanely. Really? Well, again, this is Clint Eastwood's genius. Yeah. He can do a lot with very little. He can do it very quickly mm-hmm. and deliver it on budget. That's actually, I mean, Spielberg's the same, but Spielberg goes big. Yeah. But he still is always on time and at least on budget or Absolutely. under budget. But, you know, Clint Eastwood does his thing. And I, you know, watching that, I realized like, wow, he did a lot with almost Nothing. Yeah, the fact that this was done on fifteen million is absolutely incredible to me. Well, yeah, these days this would be a fifty million dollar film, Easy. and they and they'd want big name actors. I mean, yeah. Mario Van Peebles at that point was not much of anything. Mm-hmm. Everett McGill, not much of anything. Really, it was Clint, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Yeah, and when it's your movie, you don't have to pay yourself all that much. Well, I'm sure he got a cut of something. I'm but, sure I mean, he did he, at he, the end of it yeah. all. <laughs> he he didn't he didn't have to rely on craft services to provide no. him with his meals. Exactly, I assure you. But uh, yeah. So yeah. let's go through this and, and sort of see what we see. I like, you know, it starts off with black and white footage of the Korean War. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no music. It's just the tap, the, like the military snare drum. Is that a snare drum? Yeah, it's snare. Yeah. And you're not really sure what you're watching? Yeah, so it, it doesn't even blatantly label it. The only indication that we get that this is in the Korean War is the fact that they're crossing the 38th parallel. Yes, and the fact that it's so darn cold. Well, yeah, that as you well. Know? So you've got... This footage from Korea, which starts out with the, uh, the snare drum line, yeah. and then it actually evolves later on. Um, because Sea of Heartbreak, isn't that the song? Yeah, Sea of Heartbreak. Adrift on the sea, the sea of heartbreak, lost love, loneliness, memories of your caress, so divine. And that's when you actually start seeing the injuries in the sport. Prior yeah. to that, it had just been yeah, soldiers just, marching, firing weapons. Yeah, and then when you hit Sea of Heartbreak, suddenly you actually, oh, there's there's consequences. There's injuries. People yeah. are dying. It's in black and white. Mm-hmm. The footage is in black and white. And it's neat because the first scene in present day right. is also it starts in black. Actually, the first couple of minutes are in black and white, which is in, in a drunk tank mm-hmm. in a sheriff's office where some old guy is rambling away and and he has the rapt attention of what looks like about 20 other guys. Yeah. And it's Gunny Highway telling some God knows what story about oh. how he got the clap. It sounds like and a great story. It's pretty awesome. Oh, it is. We got ourselves laid in a safe, orderly, proficient military manner. That is until some suckhead writes home to mama and says he dipped his wick in the love of the fan. A committee of congressmen who asshole to asshole couldn't make a beer fart in a whirlwind. Start telling your basic ass in the grass marine no more short time. We respond in true Marine Corps fashion. Salute and do an about face. Double time back to the boom boom garbage dump. Where we proceed to get the clap and the drip and the crabs and generally a poor attitude towards the female of the species. Uh, and then some big biker guy who I think they called Central Casting and said, we need a big biker guy. Yeah. Because that actor, I think that's, I think maybe his middle name is Big, big biker. biker Guy. Like if he's not playing anything else right now, he's currently playing a cue big, ball somewhere on a pool table. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, he's, I imagine he's retired, but yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, now, so now he has the big, he'll have the big beard that, yeah. old, that older bikers have. But yeah. yeah. And, you know, this guy, he's, you know, Clint Eastwood's very, you know, we got the clap and, you know you know, acquired a bad attitude towards the female of the species. It's a right. very, but it's, it's a very unique way of talking. Like he, even when he's giving you this raunchy, nasty story, it sounds like he's delivering a situation report over the, over the radio in combat. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny. 
um, you get the impression like he's institutionalized. He mm-hmm. is a Marine. That's it's not just what he does; it's what he is. Right. And I know that's I mean for a lot of people it's true in the military. They come out of the military, but the military never really comes out of them. Yeah. He's giving this story, and it's it's as much about how he says it. Just like I said, like he's delivering a radio report. Yeah. Uh, and, and then this 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 you know big biker guy says, you know, if you wanna if you wanna was if you wanna pop his cherry, you don't have to grease, grease him so Yeah. And, like, ew. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where we come into this film, and it goes, oh, this is the hallmarks of an 80s film that is done with very little sensitivity. Yeah, okay. and, and yeah, and so the, it sort of comes down to Gunny Highway, who I'm guessing is, you know, in his 50s, if he's near retirement, he'd be, yeah. he'd be, he'd be in mid-50s, you know, he, approaching 55 mandatory retirement. This guy military. seems like uh, he's been in the military pretty well, much all forever. his life. Oh, yeah. He's coming up on forced retirement. Yeah. And he essentially says, hold my, you know, hold my cigar. Yeah. He beats this guy who's, you know, half his age and three times his size yeah. and beats the shit out of him. Yeah. And you start to realize... He may be old, but he's he's still a marine. Yeah, you know? he can still uh, kick your ass. He breaks I, his arm, I think, doesn't he, and throws him against the jail cell. Well, wall. That, I don't know if he breaks his arm, but yeah, he p- throws him against the jail cell. Uh, the, the, the yeah, the the bars, and then mm. he sits down and takes us back the uh, the, uh, the cigar, cigar and finishes the story. As I was saying, yeah, yeah. And, and that's everything you're ever going to need to know about Gunnery Sergeant Thomas Highway. Exactly. You now know. You're good. Yeah. You know. You, you get it. He's a badass. He's pretty unflappable and he knows what he's doing. But he's also very calm. He's not. Yeah. But the fact is he's in a drunk tank. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, the very next thing is, you know, we see him in court and this this judge is like can't believe like what you pissed on a squad car yeah and, reading off the list of offenses and like urinating and, on a police cruiser and the funny thing is is that the the clerk you know taking mm-hmm. you know, this is a civilian court the clerk is a woman and she sort of glares at him and he smiles kind of embarrassed because yeah. despite the fact that he's a marine he's He's a, he's a gentleman, like he's kind of embarrassed she had to hear that. And he gets off, says, you know, because of the service to your country, I'm just, please don't come back. Yeah. Go now. Sends him on his way. With a $100 fine. So at least there's there's a slap on the wrist. Yeah, and and the sheriff's deputy is not impressed with that. No, and he doesn't know how to shut the fuck up. You know, like, no. yeah, it's all what your old lady said last night. Like, oh, oh yeah. God, really? But there's like, there's so much of that through the movie where oh, yeah. it's just, like, the banter, as you mentioned earlier, the banter is so depictive and evocative of this guy who has been oh, around yeah. the block and heard every single one of these lines. This movie is worth watching just to listen to Gunny Highway oh, talk. absolutely. You know, if this guy, if this had been a one-man Broadway show of just Clint Eastwood standing around <laughs> talking like Gunny Highway, I'd go see that. Yeah, it would totally have legs. Yeah, it, it's just, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt that Clint Eastwood, people kind of sneer at him because he plays such, he's, he's kind of like the low-key version of Schwarzenegger, you know, the dirty Harry yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But he's a great actor. He is. Uh, Grand Torino. I'm not sure if you've seen that one. I have, actually. It's I did see that. Fabulous one film. It is. Uh, it's he's, so good. He, he's such a... He's a competent director, but that sounds bad. That's like damning with faint praise. Right. But he's ridiculously competent. Yeah. Like, he's so... He's not glorious. He's not no. Spielberg. No. He's, you know, he's not the the Russo brothers who do all the big uh, Marvel movies where it's just this insane blowout. Right. But he's so competent, he turns what should be... A rote movie, mm-hmm. he brings it up a notch. Absolutely, he doesn't. He doesn't have big properties that he works with ever. He takes good stories and makes and them big. Makes them excellent movies. He makes them feel big. Yeah, feel big, even though they're not. They're, There's yeah. nothing big about this movie. There's nothing big. Fifteen million dollars is small, even in '86. Well, that's what Top Gun cost. But okay, that's not. But, again, well, that's, that's not fair. That's a different but, story. But I'll think of all the other movies. Fifteen. If you notice, that a lot of the movies we've done on this podcast cost like 15, fifteen million dollars. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder whether that's like a standard. B movie fee. Okay, that this could, is what, the, yeah. you know, and it may be. It just 
so many of them are 15. It's kind of weird. And that would yeah. that would make sense. I mean, you know, they say, okay, well, here's here's our proposition. It's not Terminator or something by yeah, Spielberg. Yeah, this is how much we can afford to lose. Yeah. So here you go. Yeah, exactly. And turn we, something with this. Yeah, if we can even turn a profit, we're good. We're filling. Mm-hmm. We're filling our. You know, we have X amount of slots we need to put movies in, right. and this will do that. I mean, it's a Christmas film. Which, okay, it's not like a Christmas movie, but it's a movie that came out during Christmas. Okay. Um, yeah, no, no, no. It's not. I, w- I was wondering yeah. if you were going with like, yeah, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah, no, yeah. This is not Cutty a Christmas Highway movie. learns the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> no, it was like, I mean, it was released on December 5th, and it's one of those films where it's it's not a summer blockbuster. They put it out when they just, when people are going shopping and are going to mm-hmm. go see a good movie. Yeah. The funny thing about it is this movie was tied to the actual U.S. Marines toys for tots program you ever heard oh, of this? really yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the charity for um but then they dropped support for the movie no as, yeah because like roger ebert says they discovered that the marines in the movie talk like marines okay. you can't do yeah. toys for tots for this film no. not with this kind of language no not really getting the, 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 you know, the clap and the crud and the, and the creeping greetings <laughs> and whatever that doesn't really work with that but but you know roger you put it perfectly the marines were horrified to discover that in the movie the marines sound like marines yeah they all sound like real people yeah so, and this guy, like I said, he's going out of the courthouse with someone who's come to scrape him off the ground and, <laughs> and bring him back to his base. And the, and the, you know, the, uh, the deputy is not happy. And no. You know, one of these Saturday nights, you're going to be puking blood in some alley. You're going to look up. You're going to see me standing there. Then we'll see. Keep dreaming, shitball. You're going to pay full price, Rummy. I don't give any fucking serviceman's discount. Too bad your old lady does. You know, Gunny Highway just doesn't want to shut up and takes another shot at him. Mm-hmm. But that's it. What are you going to do? You, you know, the... Yeah. Off he goes. You're, you're um, not going to be a police officer in uniform and, and tear into the guy that you just pulled in, regardless of who he is. Yeah, it, it's just, it's kind of, I mean, I can understand why this, this deputy is kind of, of pissed course. off. Because, like... This guy's skirting the law. Well, he, the he was day. drunk, he pissed on your, your cop yeah. car, and he's getting away just because he's a soldier. And you got to remember that in the... Following the Vietnam War, the American army had a really harsh time of it. Mm-hmm. It was not well thought of in... Um, in the American mind. No, they came and, back, you know, with a very negative reputation yeah, after coming out of it. It wasn't Vietnam. until the Gulf War when they did that huge ticker tape parade with Schwarzkopf right. at the lead. That's when the U.S. Army could sort of pick its head up, which is not fair, but it's just the way it was. And after a grinding, pointless war that they, let's be honest, that they lost, yeah. I can understand if not... I can understand if not agree with why they look down on the military. So they look at him, he's just a soldier boy yeah. with all your medals don't mean nothing to me. It's yeah. pretty much what the guy says. Well, I think there's even a line there where he says, we don't give a damn about your dress blues or something yeah. like the, that. The, the yeah. Marine dress blues, that still still the greatest uh, dress uh, uniform I think I've ever oh, seen. Yeah, it looks uh, great. Yeah. And well, we get to see him in that too. And, yeah, he's a little you know, At least nothing, if nothing else, Clint Eastwood has stayed fit over the years. Yeah. But he looks good in that uniform. Clint Eastwood could, makes this movie look great. Yeah, like he's, despite the fact that he... I mean, he's an older guy. Mm-hmm. I, I promise you, he could, in, you know, at that time, he's in his 70s now, he probably couldn't. But back then, he could kick my ass. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think he looks tough. He isn't just yeah. acting tough and sounding tough. He looks tough. Mm-hmm. And, and despite the fact that he's not this muscle-bound... Because when we meet later, when we meet the Swede, mm. who is a bodybuilder... Yes, looks like he, the mountain from Game of Thrones. Yeah, I guess so. Like, he's just this... <laughs> well, I mean, just, he's just this pumping iron beast of a man. Yeah. And when, you know, when Gunny Highway kicks his ass, I had no trouble believing that. No, not at all. Here, though, he's just, his his most deadly weapon is not the not the firearm in his hands. No. or It's, it's, it's his it's mouth. words, yeah. Yeah, it's, so yeah, so he goes back and we learn he's like a supply sergeant. Right. And the very first thing that we learn, he's actually a man of high integrity because someone mm-hmm. offers him Havana 
cigars, which yep. are, of course, Illegal. contraband. Well, at this point. At this point. Yeah. So, you know, now they are because former President Obama opened you know, up the trade opened up, yeah. And- uh, so you can get that, you can get them, but. You know the uh, you know at the time it was illegal. He says, you know, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah. Essentially, what he's saying is, help me sell shit on the black market, and yeah. I'll pay you off. And what does he say if I if you don't get out of my well, he if you yeah, if you yeah. don't get I that disagree thing with your unethical behavior. Yes, no, quite. Yeah. No, he says if you don't get that thing out of my face, I'm going to jam it so far up your ass, you're going to have to light your nose on fire to smoke it. I think I'm going to try that the next time some guy's smoking that's in my a face. Great line. That's <laughs> such a good line. You, you can almost like you almost need um you almost need to write them down like the Gunny Highway Guide to Life. Oh, know? seriously, like um, you just pull out a little black book before you walk into the bar next time and just remember a couple of them off the top yeah, of your head. Yeah, I'm not well, only if you're coming with me, I'm not much of a bar fighter, I'm eh, afraid. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm sure you could throw a few. I, I could. I mean, I'll be the only sober one there because he told her, but uh, I'm not Gunny Highway. You know, and then we very quickly discover Gunny Highway is being shipped out. Yeah, well, he's, he's requested for a transfer, hadn't he? Well, he's been continuously requesting transfers yeah. because he's clearly not happy as a supply sergeant. No. Do you blame him? Of course not. Um, In that last scene, we just see him moving paperwork, moving shelves. Uh, what was the line? Um, yeah, we're helping Uncle Sam fight dirty drawers. Yeah, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And they ship him back and they ship him home to yeah. Marine Force Recon. Exactly. Uh, and those guys, I mean, Marines are badass to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've met Marines uh, on base. Um Never served, never like, never done exercise with them, but I met them, mm-hmm. and they're they're a cool lot of people, and they're highly trained, and they're it's hard not to respect them. This guy, you know, he he's going to the badass of the badass Marine Force Recon. Exactly, the um, guys that are out ahead scouting everything. Yeah, the Marines are the the tip of the spear, and these guys are the pointy the pointy pointy <laughs> yeah. tip. And yeah, so they're sort of sent back to you know he's sort of sent back home okay mm-hmm. and then we go to another scene and we're not quite sure how it relates which is this <sighs> yeah. it, it's like a honky-tonk bar or something yeah, so who it's... thinks that doing bad rock and roll works at a honky-tonk bar but we see this yeah. this black guy which is okay problem number one it's a honky-tonk bar in the south in, and the, a bla- 80s. in the 80s a black singer doing rock and roll how does this not end badly for stitch jones the earl of funk the duke of cool the ayatollah of rock and roll ayatollah of rock and roll at that point they Are said sure? the next king of rock and roll he developed ayatollah of rock and roll later um, in the film oh did he okay yeah. my mistake my mistake <laughs> yeah but, yeah so he comes in he gets introduced and starts playing and immediately these two yahoos in the front uh, with Two women, presumably girlfriends or wives, uh, yeah. start badmouthing him. And, you know, it goes what? exactly the way you think it will. Rightly so. The music isn't good. And he gets, yeah, he gets thrown out and he winds up on, a, a, you know, sort of, I don't uh, know, you could do rainy this. Rainy street, yeah, he you, flags you flag down. down a Greyhound bus and he winds up sitting beside, oh, wait for it, Gunny, Gunny Highway. Highway. Now, who's- let's just stop for a moment here. Um, this is how you wind up with more people decapitated on Greyhound buses, is picking up randoms on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a good play. In the 80s, like, we live in a, you grew up in a post-9-11 world. Yeah. We often forget that it was a much different world. Absolutely. And in the 80s, you I'm not sure about in, in, in Canada, but in the States, you could put your thumb out and they'll pick you up. Right. And you'd, you know, you you could buy a ticket right from the driver, at least to the next station. Well, and then you get does. a bus. Yeah. yeah. And he spots Gunny Highway sitting alone, who I can't help but notice is two beers into a six pack. Yeah. That's, that's the right way to do a bus ride. I don't care who you are. Well, I don't drink, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, and, and he's asleep. And, and so Stitch Jones, who, you know, is in this, in, in a, a black studded uh, vest, uh, and no, he's got, uh, well, leather jacket, well, and he's yeah. got the red bandana, mm-hmm. and he looks like, well, he looks like sleaze. Yeah, he's got he a tri- fishnet shirt on underneath yeah, that. Yeah, and he tries to steal uh, his, uh, 
his uh, beer. beer. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa you, well, it's not worth dying for. Keep the beer. And it's it's weird because at first I, I looked at the scene and he puts his stuff up. Looks like Gunny's got the only open seat. Yeah. And it just looks like he's trying to get the beer out of the way so he can try and step over him and sit oh, down. Oh, no, I think he was trying to steal oh, the yeah, beer. Yeah. But then as soon as he goes, it's not worth dying over, you go, oh, yeah, he's just trying yeah. to steal it. And, okay. and it's funny because he could have said, you know, fuck off, hippie, which I think he actually says yeah. something similar to that. And he says, yeah, hippies are even none around yeah. here since the 60s. But he, you know, he starts his, his sweet, his fast-talking... You know, oh, I wish I had my plastic with me or oh, people. God. And it's like, oh, yeah. dude, shut up. No one believes you. Exactly. Um, you can have a beer if you shut up. Yeah. You know, and cool. Well, it's, and the way that he, again, we're coming back to these awesome gunny lines because he doesn't even say you can have a beer if you shut up. And he says, yeah, you can have one for free if it'll close the hole below your nose. Yeah. It's, again, it's it's <laughs> worthless. Even if you don't like Clint Eastwood, it, just listening to this guy talk, it's, oh, it's so, so worth good. it. It's so worth it. Because you just, you could just drink it in. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I think that Stitch is probably my second favorite character in this movie, just for the fact mm-hmm. that he is so relatable to people, not to me, but to oh, people I know. Yeah. You know this guy. You've met that dude who won't shut up, who can't read clues, who always wants to try and impress everyone around them. Yeah. We all know this guy. And yet you still come and you do podcasts with me. Well, what can I say? <laughs> you got a pretty face. <laughs> And that's the end of our episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they have, the, they have the, uh, you know, sort of a standard conversation of button-down Marine versus mm-hmm. wannabe rock sensation. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of neat. But then, you know, the next morning we see them at, like at a diner. Yeah. And Stitch Jones, this is where we realize he is kind of a slime bag. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it, you know, the, by the end of the film we realize he's a good person and a good Marine. Mm-hmm. And he does mean well. But while he's on the road, he's kind of a dick because he he says, no, I'll pick up your meal. It's only right. fair. Yeah. And then so the, Gunny goes to the washroom yeah. and he looks at the, the, the waitress. waitress and says, oh, my friend here will get it. And by the way, essentially he intimates if you go into – if you bump into him in the washroom, he'll – have fool, sex with you. Fool around with you because yeah. she had she had made a move on him. Yeah, she'd been flirting with him earlier. I don't even remember what the line was. Something into the effect of uh, something about sunshine, anyways. And then yeah, yeah, there's no yeah, there's no sunshine in the men's what? John. Yeah, that's uh, what yeah, it was. because the minute I hear the term John, I know I'm ready to roll. Oh yeah. <laughs> so but, yeah, that, so that and, then he, and then he and then he tells the bus driver, oh yeah, Gunny Highway, he's staying behind. Yeah. So Gunny Highway winds up a stuck with the bill mm-hmm. and b. Out of a bus ride. Yeah, stuck. You know, <laughs> and yeah, he's um, he's not thrilled. You're not thrilled with that. So no. then he arrives on the base, and I want to make sure I get this guy's name right. Uh, Chuzu? Is it Chuzu? I think it's Chuzu. One second. Yeah, C-H-O-O-Z-O, Chuzu. So he winds up in this guy's office, and it turns out it's Sergeant Major Chuzu. Yeah. And clearly these two go... Way back. Oh, yeah. So, of course, the way they greet each other is with a hug and a kiss and a handshake. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> no. They swear at each other yeah. and insult each other. Hey, crotch line. I'm going to slurp my lifer's juice out of my own cup. Yeah, I guess I should have gotten shots beforehand. If your brain was half as quick as your mouse skunk stool, you'd be a friggin' 20-star general by now. Well, if I was half as ugly as you, Sergeant Major, I'd be a poster boy for a prophylactic. Still a mean and nasty bastard. God damn good to see you, Tom. Where you belong? Take it easy now. Everybody's gonna think I'm spoken for. And then, then smile. they shake. And then they and then yeah. they shake hands because 
they're both Marines from the the dawn of time. Yeah, they're they served together in Vietnam. No, Korea. They were both at Heart Rate Ridge. Yeah. That's the point. Right, right, right. Back when they were in the army. Yes, they started in the army. That's started explained much later. Yeah, they joined yeah, the Marines. Back, like, yeah. At the first time, they all get mustered, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's when they're in the bar, when they drag him out of the drunk tank. Yeah, right, 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 and, right, right. Yeah, and, and Stitch Jones helps Chuzu drag him into the bar where where Maggie will put him back together and whatever. Like, they bail him right. out. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. like, you know, it's clear these two know each other, but Chuzu has, I mean, Sergeant Major, for those who are not so military inclined, a Sergeant Major is the highest ranking non-commissioned member so the highest ranking non-officer in the canadian military we would call them a regimental sergeant major right their their rank is chief warrant officer and you call them sir and despite the fact that they are technically outranked by we little lieutenants <laughs> they don't answer they answer no. to the co of the unit yeah and if they were to take a commission they'd be automatically made captain right. like that's we're, we're talking some like they're usually in charge of like Discipline is usually their thing and making sure the soldiers are turned out right, which right. is a properly kitted and properly uniformed. And that like they're they're like they're there to look after the soldiers. They're not there to look after the battle plan. No. You know what I mean? These are and, the guys who have come up through the ranks. They didn't go oh, yeah, to yeah, school. Yeah. They started as wee little well, they're all they're well educated, I well, assure you. Yeah, but um, they didn't go to officer school. Correct. Yeah. Otherwise they'd be well officers. officers. Uh but yeah, so the Sergeant Major Chuzu, I mean, this guy, like he's got his own parking spot, he's got his own office, but mm-hmm. by the time you hit Sergeant Major, you're a paper pusher. You're yeah. you're not young. No. Whereas Gunnery Sergeant Highway is, well, a sergeant. And mm-hmm. he's probably been a sergeant for 30 years because he has a drinking problem. He's that's a, that's clear. Yeah, got a bit of a bad attitude when he, it comes to authority. Yes. And he doesn't know how to mitigate that because he winds up in fucking jail. <laughs> Repeatedly. Repeatedly. And, like, to the point where, you know, after the last one, they transfer him. Yeah. He, oh, you've been asking for it? Okay, I'm sick of sending my people to take you for to take you home from the drunk tank. You're some. I think he actually had said you're someone, you're someone else's, else's problem. problem. Yeah. So you know, Chuzu's happy to have him home, and then they go and they meet Major Powers, who <sighs> is, you know, they kind of make fun of him, which is unfair. He's an Annapolis grad, a, a Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Right. If you ever saw Patriot Games, that's where uh, Jack Ryan teaches. Okay. It's the U.S. Naval Academy. This yeah. is where Naval and Marine officers go. Like you go, uh, it's university. Yeah. To get into Annapolis is a big deal. You need a letter of recommendation from either your congressman or your senator. Wow. No, let's be honest. You show up at their office, you meet with them, you say nice things, they look at you and say, sure. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're getting in. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that letter, they won't even look at you. You need like straight A's. You need like, it's a big deal. If you ever meet someone who's attended Annapolis, there's respect right there. But I mean, you meet this guy... And yeah. in the in the first scenes that you see him, it's okay. Throw a dart. Here's the antagonist of the story. Yeah, but he's really not. At the end of the day, this guy he's is a speed bump. He, I don't even see him as a speed bump. He's just somebody coming at the same problem from a different angle. He's trying to solve this same issue the only way that he knows how. how paperwork because he's from supply. Exactly. Yeah, you know what it is? He's um he's a foil. Yeah. He's. I mean, he is the antagonist, but only. Because you need one, mm-hmm. but he's not literally, you know, twisting his mustache, mustache yeah. flopping his cape, and going. Mwah, ah, ah. He's an antagonist in the same way that Iceman's an antagonist. Um, 
Yeah, except that Iceman's genuinely good at his job. Yeah. He's not, because well, he doesn't understand what it means to lead in combat. True. Because he's come over from supply. Like, the last thing, the last bit of dialogue is, you've come over from supply. Yeah, you, you should go, go back, back to it, because yeah. an infantry officer, you're a clusterfuck. <laughs> that's is, a tactical military term, clusterfuck. Clusterfuck, yeah. yeah. Fubar, yeah. yeah. Fubar, that's another tech one. Yeah. German, I'm told. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learned that from Saving Private Ryan. But yeah, like, he's he's what, in MASH, they use the term, and I'd heard it before, ring banger. Because okay. they have the Annapolis graduation ring. Right. And they'll sit there on their desk and they'll bang it. Okay. It's a, hey, look at me. Remember uh, this ring? You know what this ring means? I went to Annapolis. And he's on the football team. He was yeah. the star. What? Be, actually, they, Jesus they says, that. big time football hero. Yeah. So, you know, this is a guy who probably, I, I think he's graduated at the top of his class. Uh, yeah. And, which again, nothing to sneeze at. Of course not. But it also means that. You had that drill cane jammed further up your ass than any other one at Annapolis. <laughs> exactly. That's partially what it means. But it's clear he's a dick. It's clear he's not happy no. with having this relic. Mm-hmm. I don't know what strings you pull to get back in this division, but I can assure you I don't like it. This is the new Marine Corps. The new breed. Characters like you are an anachronism. You should be sealed in a case that reads break glass only in the event of war. Just no tolerance for the old timers to think you know it better and can have it all your own way. Understand? He wants sure. to make them the icon for everything that the Marines should be, which yeah. is, you know, that's great. He's a he's a ladder climber. He yeah. imagines one day it'll be general powers. Exactly. Hey, he's already a major. That's a kind of a big deal. Well, that's a, that's a really big deal. You know, like, but it's nothing through supply. to sneeze at. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I, that's the thing. He's a he's a com- He's a desk. He's he flies a desk. There's a line here. I'm pretty sure it's him that really really drew my attention. Is where he says, "I haven't had the privilege of combat." Combat. Yeah. The only and people who say that are people who haven't been in combat. Exactly. Or who, or who volumes about this guy. Yeah. Well, but even when they have that emergency readiness drill and says, mm-hmm. this is it, we're going to war. And yeah. you can almost, you almost don't need to pan the camera down to see his erection. Like yeah, exactly. It, like it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I get it. You you know, for, and I, I've known people who are in the military who I respect highly, who have seen combat under conditions that would turn your hair white. He, how do you put it? No one joins the football team so they can sit on the bench. Right. But at the same time, no one ever says that after the first bullet flies. No, and he and, and he admitted that. He said, "I wanted to get into combat." Yeah, but the first thing you want when you're in combat is to not be in combat. Yeah, you know? and this is a guy who, who you know, this is the been there, done that guy. I'm not going to name him, but yeah, he's he clearly he comes over, you know, to infantry because he thinks he's going to have. He wants to be the, the marine in the dress blues with 55 medals. And the Congressional Medal of Honor, and he wants that. He thinks he's Patton, and that guy is standing right in front of him as Sergeant Gunny or Gunnery yeah, Sergeant, who Highway. has more medals. You know, Gunny Highway has the. I don't think we know that yet. Not that yet. The, we the, don't the, learn that till they're in the, the medal of honor. But yeah, hungover. but obviously he knows it. Yeah, and it's clear he's at once disgusted, mm-hmm. annoyed, and intimidated. Yeah, and incredibly uh, jealous. Oh, yes. It's all about jealousy. Yeah. You know, one day I hope to be more than you, essentially. Exactly. Uh, there's not much of a scene to it. I think we've talked more about the scene than there is scene. <laughs> yeah, really, but we have. it's a good introduction to the antagonist slash foil. We realize yeah. what he's up against. Yeah. And from there on, you can kind of see where the film's going to go, mm-hmm. that it's going to be an old, an old school Marine training soldiers and having to push back against... This guy. Yeah. There's there's no twist. There's no, no, no unexpected here. outcomes. You know what's going to happen, and it happens. But 
I'm, again, the genius part of this movie is that you know it's going to happen, and it happens, and you love but it it's anyway. still awesome. Yeah. He takes uh, Chuzu's truck, mm-hmm. because that's the kind of relationship. They haven't seen each other in 10 yeah. years. Yeah, take my truck. And he drives out to the barracks, and he comes across these Quonset huts, which, again, for those who don't know, um, Quonset with a, I think it's with a, Q. With a Q. Yeah, it's a, it looks like how, it, it's it's a curved top. Like, these are the cheapest piece of shit barracks you could ever live in. I've lived in them. They're miserable. <laughs> the ones I lived in were literally made for the Second World War, and I slept in them in the, the late 90s. Oh, really? Uh, they are as comfortable and as clean as you expect them to be. Oh, God. Uh, and he walks in, and he comes across... A bunch of these losers who are no, who they see his rank and they don't care. Yeah, they ignore him. Now this this was a part that kind of really really got me. Like at with your experience mm. in the military, do you think that there's ever a point in time where a gunnery sergeant can walk into a barrack, start laying down the law, and people tell him to fuck get off. lost? Um, no, that would be a bad idea. Yeah, but I get the, you have the impression that this recon platoon are. Well, they're kind of losers, but mostly they they are undisciplined. Mm-hmm. They've had a series of platoon sergeants who were counting the days. Yep. They're a dumping ground for people who joined the military, joined the Marines, decided they didn't like it, and they, and they said, okay, we'll put this guy in a corner, let him while away his five-year contract and send him on his way. Right. And... You know, they've because they made it into recon, they think they're badass, but clearly they're not. No. And they just mostly have a bad attitude. There are plenty of places. Every military has that unit where they sent where it's a dumping ground. Right. We used to have one of those. We got rid of it. <laughs> but I mean, this isn't that bad. These guys aren't like white supremacists and, and drug no. users and shit. They're um, they're just jackasses. They're jackasses. And and who comes out of uh, the barracks just fresh from a shower? Stitch he, Jones. I, Stitch Jones, and he <laughs> he takes one look at him. It's like you owe me five fifty. And, yeah, yeah. And or, just like you, know, you just feel the. Like and he, he never cracks a smile, but you can just feel the smile on the inside. Oh yeah, he's getting, of the he's getting a kick. Yeah, now I own you. Oh yeah, <laughs> like you are mine. Yeah. Who invited you? I'm not doing this because I want to take long showers with you assholes, and I don't want to get my head shot off in some faraway land because you don't habla, comprende? Rah! You? Yes, Kenny. Girl, you never and you got that big behind. Well, 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 well. I'm here to tell you all that life as you know it has ended. You might as well all go to town tonight. You might as well laugh and make fools of yourself. Rub your pathetic little peckers up against your honey or, or stick in the knot holding the fence. Whatever it is, get rid of it, because at 0600 tomorrow, your ass is mine. Where's your bunk? And so he goes, and after, you know, I mean, the first two people that he encounters out front of the Quonset hut, just both go, no hable. Yeah. And then the guy inside with the with the, the aviator glasses. Okay, did you catch, yeah. do you remember his name? Because I don't remember catching no. his name through the entire movie. I want to say Apontes, but I forget what they call him. Because they have his great nicknames yeah. for oh, the next yeah. morning. That clip's definitely going. Oh, it needs to. What's your name, Marine? Lance Corporal Forgetti, Gunny. Shouldn't litter, Faggetti. It's ecologically unsound. What's your name? Aponte. Yours. Profile. Yours. Quinones. 
Collins. Collins. All right, colitis. Cojones. Prophylactics, Ajax. You boys are handsome. <laughs> you ladies look like models. In fact, I want your hair high and tight tomorrow morning. That's everybody. Yeah. Okay, um, cojones. Okay, you know, <laughs> you know. Prophylactics, so. profiles, prophylactic. <laughs> yeah, profile becomes prophylactic. Yeah. You know, it's this is truly old school. Oh yeah, um, this is this is the stuff that yeah. got you know beaten out of the military going into the the nineties. The nineties, yeah. But here he grabs Stitch Jones by the earlobe, yeah. drags him back. You owe me money. Yeah. He says, "You better go out tonight and get laid and silly and drunk because tomorrow morning you're mine." Yeah. Yeah. And I love the fact that he he hauls him over by the earring, gets him over there, rips the earring out of his ear. Oh yeah, like rips it out. Like yeah. that's that's assault. But yeah. this is the mil- this is the Marines in the eighties. I exactly. guess that, you know. Now yeah. that actually leads to an interesting point through this movie is that for the longest time, Stitch Jones keeps that little piece of cloth tape over his ear. Well, yeah, because it. he tore it. Right, but this goes on over four months. He keeps that piece of cloth tape. Is it four months? Are you sure? It's it goes. It starts in July. July. Do they have dates? Yeah, uh, the very first scene, they show a calendar on the wall. It's like July twenty third. Oh, something okay. Like that. And yeah, the invasion's in October. Yeah. So Okay. I you know, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. But I mean, let's be honest. It's a well. It the movie was made in six weeks. They yeah yeah you know, the the continuity the person in charge of continuity clearly missed something. Maybe, but he keeps it on there for a while. And the moment that I noticed that he wasn't wearing it anymore is when they're in the shower after he just won them the seventy two hours leave. As soon as they suddenly start to have respect for him, he takes off this badge of bearing resentment uh, for him. That's po- it's possibly that what it is. I yeah. think maybe it's just it could be it could but... be just a, sh- a detail <laughs> poorly looked at. But yeah, yeah it's it, it's a possibility. Mm. Um, where's the fun in interpreting a movie if we can't over interpret it? Exactly. Uh, the position of his medal, as opposed to where it should be, represents his dislike. No. So then he goes off to uh, that night. Stitch Jones. Uh, is playing at the yeah. palace. Yeah, at this local bar. Mm-hmm. And oh, actually, first he goes over to the other bar where he meets uh, the older woman, uh, the older female bartender. Right, right, right. Where he says, "You have my room." Yeah, because he's, it's a, it's an old timer marine bar. Yeah, with a woman who looks like an old time marine bartender. Well, she, uh, well, her husband died mm-hmm. at Heartbreak Ridge. Right. Yeah, he goes to that bar first, and Aggie's back in town. Mm-hmm. Of course, we realize very quickly it's an ex-wife. Right. So he goes to, was it the palace? Is that the name of the? Yeah, the yeah. palace inn. Yeah, yeah, so he goes to see Aggie, his ex-wife, mm-hmm. and that's where we realize Stitch Jones is playing. and Poorly. Yeah, and, and what is he, bumps into a bunch of sailors, or no, bump into other Marines. Well, he starts, yeah, he starts yeah, he gets playing. In, he gets in another one of his arguments, yeah. but it almost winds up a fight. Yeah. And... Stitch Jones has got it under control. Like, hey guys, you know, let's you know, let's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll buy a, a round and the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. So it's all resolved. And in shows up the the owner with a billy club and slams it down. Says, "I don't want any trouble." And yeah. that's when you know I'll give Gunny Highway credit. He steps in. He's like, "Why well, you leave them alone? They're just having a good time. Yeah, they're not causing any trouble." It's like you get it, and it just becomes a shit storm. Yeah, and exactly. everyone gets thrown out. So on, on top of the owner being the owner, he's also uh, Aggie's new boyfriend. New boyfriend, yeah. yeah. And Aggie's not thrilled to see him. Like, no. She shows up, what do you have? And he smiles. Like, what are you doing here? I'm ordering a beer. No, wh- what are, are you doing you, here? Yeah, what do you I'm want? Back with, <laughs> I'm back with recon. And she's clearly not happy. I mean, we all we know is there. He's an she's an ex, but we don't know much about her. Clearly, life has not played out the way she imagined. I don't she, think no. she imagined she'd be, you know, a, a barmaid in, in some... They, I don't think they ever say where this takes place. So my impression is it's Camp Lejeune, which is in Louisiana. Maybe. Um, wherever I, it is, it's... Yeah. it's it's a bar outside a marine base that can't be a f- that is not the height of one's mm-hmm. 
aspirations as a restaurateur. Absolutely yeah. not. But we did actually miss um, a fairly important detail about Gunny. Uh, on the bus ride over, uh, when he first meets Stitch, uh, there's some women's magazines sitting on the yes. thing beside him that he'd been reading earlier and is now passed out. And Stitch goes, ah, oh, this can't be yours. And he starts flipping yeah, through the articles. There, yeah. yeah. And... So we get to this point where well, now, that's a running joke in the movie, though, right? Well, it, I don't even know if it's a, if it's a joke because at they that use, point. Well, because they use it because he's reading these women's magazines, so he can learn to be more sensitive. Yeah, but they're like Cosmo, so it's exactly as as deep as yeah. you think it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I mean, like it's not good, but hey, the guy's showing some initiative. He's doing something. Something, I guess. Yeah, uh, it, it's a bit of characterization. <laughs> it is. It's also it's it, it's meant to be the part you laugh at. Like of this course. guy is reading women's daily. Yeah, really, but. It's cute. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it does add, like you say, a little bit of humanity to him and a little bit of growth. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and yeah, so so they have this bar fight. Actually, do they even, they don't even really fight there, do they? They well, just have a standoff. The, well, the standoff, and then, and then Stitch and him get thrown, thrown out. out. And told never to come back. Never to come back. And so the next morning we have, you know, everyone... Uh, out for PT. Uh, out for PT. And they're all dressed, they all have different shirts. And he mm-hmm. says, you know, if you can't wear the same shirt... Take them yeah, off. Take them off. So there, yeah. and that again is another running joke. Yeah, and and I do like it because that this is a start of providing character arc for the um, for the, the platoon. platoon entirely. Yeah, because not a lot of them progress as individuals. No. A lot of them progress as a group. Yeah, as a group. Well, they you know again, it's the it's it's the story that's been filmed fifty million times exactly. in Hollywood. The the you know the old sergeant whipping up the new recruits. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and yeah. So they sort of run off, and it's kind of funny because of course he's leading them in this jog, mm-hmm. and it's like. Is that where they decide to quote unquote smoke this guy? Uh, yeah, that's that's that shot. Yeah, right yeah, there. right, yeah. So they're running along, and it's just sort of a you know he's just you know Gunny Highways in his combat pants and combat mm-hmm. boots and a shirt, and they're all in PT gear, so sneakers and a and a and a and shorts, and they're and running very behind high him. socks. Yeah, well, it's in the eighties, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, and. They're running behind him, and he's sort of jogging along mm-hmm. at a you know reasonable clip. And said, "Let's smoke this guy!" So they charge by him hardcore, and they're yeah. racing, 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 and they're all stopping. And <sighs> yeah, and, and then, then he, he just keeps on keeps by. Going. It's, it's the, the tortoise and the hare, and exactly. it's hilarious. It's like it's their first hint that they're never going to beat this guy. Yeah. There's he may so be much older, more but him. that doesn't mean he's weaker or 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 dumber or you know exactly. Like he he is this practiced individual. He understands the merits of patience and diligence as opposed yeah. to an immediate sprint. He's smarter. He He's, is. You know, it's... But the entire time that they're also out on this PT jog, it's Stitch Jones at the back and uh, Prophylactic. And yeah, profile, yeah. <laughs> and they're going back and forth about how when Swede gets out of uh, out of the break, he's going to come and break this guy's head. And like, and I keep saying, oh, Stitch Jones, I hear you. Know, I hear Hollywood calling for me, Stitch yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah. Gonna be, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's, you know, he, be, Jones becomes a, a good person when he abandons the Stitch Jones mm-hmm. rock and roll bullshit. I don't think that he ever really becomes a good person he just becomes an adult because i mean that's fair we never know if he becomes a good person but he becomes a reliable soldier yeah i'll i'll argue that there are no really good people in this movie i think profile's a pretty good guy and i think gunny highway's a perfectly good guy i mean like they're their lieutenant's a good guy yeah he's kind of a weenie but he's a good guy they're decent enough people but they're there's they're not what you'd imagine like the big hollywood great person to be they're not well they're just human again but, yeah, yeah and and i like that because i don't think that there's really outstanding perfect people out there yeah. and there's no outstanding perfect people yeah. in this movie which yeah. is great you know the one thing i noticed and it's the one thing roger ebert says is he points out that stitch jones is a very intelligent character he's a very intelligent young man he just his his yeah. efforts are misplaced he he's yeah. smart you can see that yeah. he he can talk his way out of 
most things. But he still thinks he's more clever than exactly. You know, and then yeah. hence the run. And so the next scene we get to meet the lieutenant is lieutenant. it Emery or something like that yeah or, uh, whatever the lieutenant who's actually in charge of the platoon who we never see because he's busy writing papers for wargaming clubs and oh, he's yeah. meant to be the weenie greenhorn lieutenant who in a Vietnam war movie would be ignored five minutes in because you'd all be going to the withered sergeant or the weathered exactly. sergeant you know he we kind of hums and haws over it yeah and then he says yeah sure yeah yeah and then he you know, we get to see a you know, standard training montage, those guys going through the uh, mm-hmm. the obstacle course, them having proper haircuts. haircuts. Which which leads to a great line. Is, yeah, you start to look like Marines, and you'll feel like Marines, and maybe one day you'll start to act like, like Marines. Marines. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's you know, good. But you know what? It's also true. It is. It is. It really is true. Once you get that uniform on, and you learn how to, speaking of someone who, you know, joined the Army, once you once you get the haircut, and mm-hmm. you're wearing your beret properly, mm-hmm. you, and, and you're not looking, you don't look like the you know, Chef Boyardee, <laughs> uh, and you got the uniform on properly, and it looks smart, and all your folds and cuffs are, mm-hmm. are, are straight, you know, razor sharp, and... It's amazing how you feel like a soldier, and mm-hmm. then you want to act like one. Right. The military knows what it's doing. Of course. The otherwise, Canadian the military, the U.S. military, the Marines, yeah. they know how to make a soldier. The problem isn't that these guys are dumb. It's that no one ever made the Marines. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. And that's what they've had. Like we've said earlier, they just kept having people who came in, wanted to get out, and they'd be stuck in this backwater platoon yeah. that was never going to see the any The people action. responsible for them were always the short timers. Exactly. who were waiting for retirement. Yeah. So they've uh, never had somebody come in and bust their balls properly. Yeah, exactly. Now, we're looking at this this picture of this one corporal uh, Latino. I can't remember his name. Uh, Aponte? Is that Aponte? Maybe. The one who keeps going missing. Oh, he's sick. He's, you know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually wound up a few years later in a actually only a couple years later in a television show called Tour of Duty. Oh, really? Which you've never, if you've never seen is a wonderful movie. I think it only lasted three seasons. It's a, it was filmed in actually in, in Hawaii. Just about um, a platoon in Vietnam. And he okay. played one of the guys in it. And okay. at first I thought it was going to be like a TV version of an action movie, but it really, really wasn't. Right. He played this guy named Ruiz who starts off as this hot shot machine gunner and he's just well acted here he's i mean he's he's almost absent we we learn later why he's absent yeah why he's always absent is he's had to take a second job because he has a huge a huge catholic family yeah and he can't afford to pay them on a corporal's fee which is true you know that's the one thing in this army you get the impression that these guys are all young single guys which is what militaries are designed you know, like they assume when you're a private and a corporal you're a single guy maybe you have a wife right they don't expect you'd be raising a family on that so the pay is shit yeah it's it's um, not something that you're going to be able to raise kids on it's yeah. just as simple as that because and, and, that's and not so, who they want for that position yeah so he's had to take a second job and the neat thing is that when when this happens later in the film we're kind of jumping is that mm-hmm. gunny highway doesn't turn him in no he gives him money yeah and and that's sort of really to me indicative of the fact that gunny highway came up again through the ranks he yeah. knows what's going on he he's also just a decent that. human being well that too but he, know, wants, he looks after his yeah. soldiers he once had that pay grade he yeah. gets it yeah. so now he sees one of his soldiers is struggling and he's here to well, they actually talk about it. remember that shitty little place we lived in and, yeah you know, exactly like, yeah. yeah yeah. Um, but also again he's looking after his troops that's yeah. what a good sergeant does but yeah. so then they go for another pt yeah, run there's another, and, there's and there's more. strip their shirts again because they're not wearing the same shirt as him yeah Yes, we're all wearing the same shirt. Same as me. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and then there's more banter, like they're back in the barracks, and again, it all comes down to they're waiting for the Swede. Is this the, is this the scene with the Swede? No. Are you sure? No, it comes after that. That's yeah, the scene that's with the Swede. Fair. Okay. Yeah. So then they go to the uh, yeah. That's right. Then the next time they're they're out on maneuvers and mm. they're they're running along. Yeah, that's right. They're running along, and uh, yeah, Gunny Highway goes missing. So where is he?
This is the AK-47 assault rifle, the preferred weapon of your enemy. And it makes a distinctive sound when fired at you, so remember it. <laughs> and then he uses it again. Um, he's shooting shooting over their heads on the obstacle course again. Mm-hmm. Live no, ammo. Live ammo. <laughs> you don't just do that. And then they're at the firing range. I got a kick out of it. First, you see that uh, Stitch Jones doesn't have his Kevlar helmet. His yeah. He has what we used to call, we used to jokingly call them John Wayne memorials. Oh, really? It's the John Wayne memorial helmet because it's out of a, an old World War II film. Yeah. When I originally joined the Army in 94, we still had those. Oh, really? Um, it's just a steel pot with an yeah. inside steel pot. They're... They're miserable, they're heavy, Ugh. and they won't stop bullets, by the way. They'll go right through. Yeah. Not that the new ones are any better. They will wow. stop the bullet, but you get a total skull fracture because it creates a shockwave that passes through the entire helmet mm-hmm. and turns your skull into mush. And he says, well, where is it? And it turns out Stitch Jones has pawned it. It says, yeah. you'll have that on your head by 0700 or I'll charge you. And and here's the great part is that there there's no scene where they have to show why Gunnery Sergeant Highway knows this. He just knows. Well, that it's gone? Yeah, well, well, that it's gone and that it's in a pawn shop in town. Well, I mean, they have a conversation, but yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. But we never get the impression, we're never really sure why. I'm guessing what it is he's trying to pay off his credit cards, this guy, yeah. but, you know, he's some you know, he's some loser with no money. And, yeah. Um, oh, no, I'd, I'd never never do that, Gunnery Sergeant. I, I, yeah. These are respectable. Yeah, we're there. responsible for yeah, these. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then you'll have it back on your head, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's sort of the second bit of that, which is, uh, what's his name, Major Powers is there, yeah. because it's not just his troops. It's no. not just Gunny's uh, troops, uh, the recon. It's, a, it's the other platoon the, the as other, well. The other, the elite platoon, because that's yeah. where we meet Sergeant Webster. That way I heard you were back. Webster. These retards couldn't fight their way out of a shithouse. Is that where you've been keeping yourself lately? Me and Major Powers are building an elite company of fighting men. Only thing you could build, Webster, is a good case of hemorrhoids. You know, one guy is like, man, these, you know, these weapons, they're not, there's something wrong with it. I can't hit my target. <laughs> yeah. And he says, give me your weapon. And he takes it and he puts three bullets in the bullseye. I was like, holy shit. And then yeah. profile says, gunny, my gun is jammed. And he turns it and it Ugh. fires fully automatic. And he's lucky he doesn't kill Straight anyone. Straight down the back of the line, like two feet behind people. You yeah. see these bullets hitting the ground. Yeah. And if you're curious, if that were to actually happen, you'd do jail time. Oh, easy. Um, I was on a an exercise where we had nothing but blanks, mm-hmm. and this was a quite the exercise. We destroyed the Edmonton barracks; they're going to tear them down anyway. Oh, really? So we decided to, they decided we'd do a massive urban warfare exercise. We oh, used nice. the miles gear, okay, the laser tag gear. Yeah, you yeah. see in this, and one of the corporals in my unit discharged two rounds without orders, not downrange. Like she was messing with her weapon, right? And discharged two blank rounds, and on the spot. The ranking officer looked at her and, sa- and said, negligent discharge, 500 bucks per round. And that was it. It was done. Wow. Like, literally, that was, there's no court-martial. There's no hearing. Yeah. He looked at her, negligent discharge, $500 per round. Yeah. And that is the end of the discussion. And $1,000 came off her next paycheck. I think they, I think they took it a few hundred at a time. But yeah. um, they're not kidding. No. They're not. And this was a blank round. Mm-hmm. Unless you put your mouth around the barrel. When, when it's fired, you're not going to get hurt with a blank round. Mm-hmm. But it's just the idea that you maintain discipline with your weapon. Right. Uh, oh. It's the principle of the thing okay. that doesn't matter that it wasn't a real bullet. A real bullet would be $1,000 per round. Right. Blank round, it was only 500 wow. But it literally was as simple as an officer turned to her and said, you know, corporal negligent discharge, $500 per round. Mm-hmm. Carry on. And that was it. She went right back to work. But right. that was it. But here, this guy pumps out, what, five or six... Live rounds almost uh, kills his I buddies. I think it's more than that. It feels like it's close to like 10. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah like... 
my weapons jammed. What the? He holds down the trigger for a good spray and pulls it upwards. And, and, and his profile is kind of this clueless duh, guy. I mean, he seems like a nice enough guy, but he ain't. He is not the brightest light in the fixture. No. Uh, and the next thing you see, he's got his rifle over his hand and he's running around the platoon as they march back to base. I've I've seen that. I've, yeah. I've seen that particular Ooh, use that of discipline. Just yeah, it's uh, it's as exhausting as it looks, and he collapses. Mm-hmm. What did you say, Gunner Sergeant? I said, don't give the prick the satisfaction, sir. What's the guy going to say? He he answered the question. Yeah. It's very clear he has, despite the fact that Major Powers was right to make Profile mm-hmm. do this, he doesn't mean he likes him or respects him anymore. No. And you never, ever get the impression that Gunny Highway's goal is anything other than to build up this platoon. Absolutely. Even when he's disciplining them and firing over their heads or mm-hmm. at their feet. I never once doubted that Gunny Highway wants what's best for them. And that's sort of, well, again, it's because the movie's been done three million times, and also because I know that's what a sergeant does. Yes. But it makes the movie easier to accept his excesses, his because he's excessively, excessively brutal, mm-hmm. not like beating people up, but mm-hmm. he drives them excessively. His methods are a little extreme. His language is excessive at the best of times. Well, yeah. And yet, you know he's doing it for a good reason. So you can sort of look at it and say, okay. I'll there, live with it. Yeah, there's never a point in time where you disbelieve the fact that this guy is here for his soldiers to try and improve their lot in life. Because the amount of times he keeps coming back and saying, if I go into battle with them, I'm going to die. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's always, that's always his just. It's yeah. always his justification. Like, I'm, I'm not interested in dying. Mm-hmm. Then we have a quick scene where Gunny Highway is parked outside <laughs> the uh, palace, presumably to speak to Aggie. Yeah. And she comes up and is like, what are you doing here? Well, no, what are those the, magazines doing? In no, that? this is the first time. The first time he just sees her drive back and she gets followed by, uh, the what's guy. his face? The yeah, bartender. Or the or whatever, bar yeah, owner. The, the, the yeah. owner, yeah. Is, that, that's, is so that not that, the one with the magazine? No, that's the oh, second one. He right. does this again later on. But that's the first time he just sits in the truck reading the magazine and watches her come her, out. Yeah, yeah. That she has someone in his life. And she gets yeah. followed home. And the next day, you know, it's the next morning, why aren't you guys ready for PT? Is like, because the Swede is here. Yeah. Because fuck you, we're not doing what you yeah. do. What, what's the line? I, and I've used this line. It's I, about mind over matter. Yes. We no longer mind because you no longer matter. Yeah, exactly. I have used that. There's no way to come back from that. Well, it's about mind over matter. I no longer mind because you no longer matter. Exactly. And then the Swede comes out and he is six foot five. Clearly they hired an actor who's a bodybuilder. Yeah. Because this guy is a balloon person. Like he's Arnold Schwarzenegger level balloon. Danny, I'd like you to meet my big friend, Sweet Johansson. Sweet, say something charming to the man. I'm going to rip your head off and shit down your neck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At which point, Gunny Highway kicks his ass. Oh, absolutely. Which, by the way, we should note, where has Sweet been? Uh, in the brig. In, in the brig. Yeah. Probably because this is what... Again, he's another reject. This yeah. is where they put him because exactly. he has a tendency to beat people up. Well, yeah. So he gets his ass kicked and then um, Gunny sends everybody out for PT and the sweet looks to him and says, I'll wait outside for the, for, the, for the MPs. And he goes, no, no, no. You're going to become a Marine today. Follow Go. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you notice really at that point, 
no one else gives him guff. Uh, there's an 80s term for you, but well. it's not just because he beat the shit out of the Swede. It's mm-hmm. because of the way he handled it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've encountered this sort of thing before. You ever read the book, uh, not the movie, the book, Starship Troopers by Robert Heinlein? I have not read the okay. book, no. The, the movie is garbage. The book is great. And there's a scene in it where a recruit punches a sergeant. Mm-hmm. And the guy winds up being court-martialed in the whole nine yards. And the CO is dumping on the sergeant. And I said, you should have knocked him on his ass, put him back in line and moved on. Mm-hmm. Why is he on charges? And Heinlein had served, I think, in the Navy. He was he was a military veteran, uh, the, the the author. Mm-hmm. And in basic training, I would say, oh, you'll be charged for this, you'll be charged for that. You're going to be on charges. Right. No one's getting charged with anything unless you do something truly heinous. Yeah. They're going to make your life suck for a day. You're going to clean a lot of brass if you're that particularly bad. You might get stuck on a nighttime picket. But if you fuck up, they knock you on your ass, then they pick you up and you carry on. That's right. how you learn. Not everything is cutthroat. This is not the 1800s where they whip you for not, you know, saluting an officer. Exactly. And this is that. This is very realistic. Yeah. Because what does he get if, you know, a guy who clearly has the discipline to look like that, mm-hmm. to, you know, the discipline to build himself up and embody that way, what good does it do the platoon of this guy sitting in prison? Yeah, exactly. He, he does nothing but waste time. Yeah. Cunning Highways made the point. Yeah. He won. He beat the shit out of the guy. He knocked him on his ass. Mm-hmm. Everyone has seen, okay, your last hope was the Swede. Yeah. That ain't working. Yeah. And now I have the Swede on my side. Yeah, exactly. Win. Yeah. You know, and- well, he, he it's great. He earns everyone's respect for different reasons. He earns the respect of the rest of the platoon because he beat the shit out, he of, the beat the shit out of their big guy. And he earns the Swede by, by showing him, I think you are salvageable. Yeah. Let me salvage you. Yeah. You've got something going on worth not putting you back in the break. Yeah. Even Stitch Jones behaves differently after that. Yeah. Everybody does. And and I really like that. And actually, the next scene is them going through a uh, yes. village of what we would call kill houses. With the lieutenant. With the lieutenant. I thought, I'd join you today. Where's yeah. Gunny Highway? I don't know. Good morning, men. I thought I'd lead you through this exercise. Couldn't find Gunny Highway, though. I don't know where he went. Sir, that's an AK-47 assault weapon. The preferred weapon of our enemy. It makes a very distinctive sound when fired at us, sir. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really quite funny. Yeah, but you, you can even see, like, in that shot, though, uh, Gunny singles out the lieutenant. He's firing at his feet. That's right, and he does the dance, yeah, like right out of you know uh, Back uh, to the Future Three dance, boy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, he's I mean, obviously again, no, you don't do that. But no. it's clear that like not Gunny Highway isn't. Um, you ever see the movie um, Crimson Tide? No, the submarine film. It's no. a really good film. And at one point, Gene Hackman, who plays the captain, he pulls the first officer played by Denzel Washington aside. Mm. And he says, there is a method to my madness. What did you think? I'm some cowboy yelling yeehaw? And that's the thing. He is not some cowboy yelling yeehaw. No, he's not. There is a method to his madness. There's nothing that he does that's not calculated. Yeah. Everything that he does has a purpose and a reason. And it's pretty infallible. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's infallible, (laughs) but it's, it's hard to argue with his 
methods. Yeah. Well, maybe some of them. Well, I like mean, live ammunition, but yeah, argue with it with a modern sensibility. Fair enough. Yeah, and then the next scene is this right? This yeah. the next night where he's waiting for Aggie outside the bar, and she looks at him and says, "Who's who left? You're reading women's magazines. Yeah. Oh, someone must have left them there. Yeah, in, in your, your car. Truck. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like, yeah, sure, yeah. let's go with that. Yeah. And he knows he's caught. It's a, it's another quick scene. There hasn't been a lot of development between Aggie and him, though. I mean, it's clear as day she's his ex. I don't yes. think they actually have said it at this oh, point. Oh, they did. Did they? Yeah, yeah, they mentioned that um they mentioned that she's his ex once and even in the first scene where he's talking to the older bartender, he goes, "Well, she's back in town looking for alimony. She's out of luck cuz I've got nothing." Right, 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 right. I'd forgotten that. So, like they they make it very clear, yeah, they used to be married, they're now divorced mm-hmm. and there's obviously something more going on. Yeah. Here. Uh, what I like is that it's an honest relationship. She, she. It's not that she doesn't love him; it's that she couldn't live with him. Yeah. Or more to the point, she couldn't live without him because we you know we'll learn we'll later. We'll learn his year. You know, he he did tours in Vietnam, and that was really rough on her. Yeah. And I can understand that. It's of not course. like in modern day where if you're in Afghanistan, you can you know turn on your laptop and mm-hmm. go Skype. Exactly. You can get a link, and obviously depending where you are and operational requirements of the course. point is you can email every day yeah that's not you know in vietnam you could send a letter every day yeah. but if you're in the middle of nowhere those letters may not get on a chopper to head yeah. back to wherever to get to the states oh, yeah they're going to sit in your backpack until you can get them to the post and then you're going to hope that they get on a chopper in time for them to get back somewhere so maybe you're going to receive 20 letters at a time back home that are that month. are at this point two months old exactly you know and of course it was that much worse in world war ii and in mm-hmm. world war one like you know these days telecommunications is ubiquitous and it's right. and it, and it's pretty much anywhere but yeah it's this was too hard on her and yeah also and it's I, hard to blame her for that yeah really it's is. also look he would be a hard person to be married to i can imagine well look at because every he's time, a marine yeah look at every time they have an argument like he he tries his tactic it doesn't work he goes oh for fuck's sake yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> it's, yeah it's funny uh and then of course the next scene is this, uh, yeah. this, they use Miles Gear. For any of you who've ever played uh, Laser Tag, it started with Miles Gear. I have no military something, laser something, something. Yeah. Whatever. The way Miles Gear actually works is you use blank rounds. Right, right. The way it works is you, you use your normal rifle mm-hmm. with blank rounds, mm-hmm. and on the front of the weapon uh, is this box, and it detects the movement of the, of the shot and shoots a laser. Right. And then you have, you know, sensors on uh like on your body mm-hmm. and if you get shot it beeps mm-hmm. uh the cool thing is it'll tell you whether it's a, a wound mm-hmm. i mean it's a minor or major wound or dead okay and and that's actually just a little readout okay on lcd because i've, I've used these once yeah they're a royal pain in the ass to use <laughs> but yeah and it's kind of neat because the you know they assume that in the mid 80s most people wouldn't movie goers wouldn't know what this stuff is so they have the lieutenant, as you know, and then he tells yeah. them what it's all about. And he shows them how the Miles gear works. Yeah. But it's the most, he might as well have turned towards the audience and yeah. said, audience members, here's what we're about to do. He even says I, it, as you know, and then he demonstrates it. Well, why are you saying that? It's it's so difficult to try and convey something to an audience that the characters should already know. Well, and I've certainly used before and all yeah, of that. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? You sort of accept it and you move on. Yeah. It was probably one of those things where the, the writer said, oh, shit, how do we how do we show these people what this is without yeah. freaking them out the first time they open fire yeah. on each other? I mean, I feel like the only way that they could have done that is by introducing it to Stitch Jones because he's still relatively new. We know he's that. He's a corporal. Well, yeah, but I mean, he just came off of a tour. Maybe he, I don't know. I don't know. 
That's the only way yeah, that I could but, imagine. Yeah, that th- this this it. worked well enough. Yeah, and and it's fine. So you joining a certain? No, I have a dental appointment. Yeah. So I hope it's something that keeps you out of the next war. And, and off he goes. And it's obvious. It's not that he dislikes the lieutenant. Oh, he just has no time for him. Exactly. He just doesn't. This lieutenant was put yeah. here because he's brand new, and clearly this is a guy who has ambitions not to be an infantry officer, mm-hmm. but to be the guy standing over the map moving pieces. Exactly. That's he, what he imagines. He wants himself to be a tactician. He wants to be a yeah. Napoleon. The funny thing is, is that he's like the opposite of Major Powers. Major Powers yeah. is this this gruff, hardcore, in his mind, hardcore mm-hmm. supply guy who moved over to the infantry to bathe himself in glory. Right. And he's ridiculously aggressive and he's a bully and all these things. And this wee little lieutenant, he clearly would rather be doing what, what Major Powers was doing before. Oh, yeah. And, of course, he gets pushed around and bullied a lot mm-hmm. by Major Powers. Major Powers doesn't, you know, because oh, Major yeah. Powers doesn't understand why everyone, why doesn't everyone want to have a, you know, put a, a K-bar knife in their teeth and jump out of a plane? Lieutenant um, Ring. That's what it was. The ring? Ring. Is in, like, ring, ring on a phone? I think so, yeah. So they wander off, and this is where we learn that the this annual exercise is a chance for Major Powers, who's leading his own sort of, Platoon. Pet platoon. Yeah. Their job is to be ambushed and die in a, was it a... Shit, what was that? You're dead, Marine. You just stepped on four booby traps and blew your legs off, and we have to send out a search party for your testicles. Now, where the hell's your backup? Profile. What the fuck good you doing back there without any cover fire? I get my ass blown off. But you guys are sitting there pumping the neighbor's dog. We get every swinging dick in this platoon kill. Hey, chill out, man. That's what we're here for. Say what? We're here for that, man. We've ambushed Major Powers three times and always right here. We know what we're doing. Well, shit for brains. Who says we're going to ambush Major Powers right here? Hey, did you hear Lieutenant Ring? Major Powers wants us to die in a loud, grotesque, military manner. I don't give a fuck about Major Powers. My job is to keep you men alive. Now let's move on. Yeah, so they're using recon as this... A training tool. Yeah, as a training tool. And they're not allowed to fire back, according to uh, Lieutenant Ray. And Highway says, well, what happens if we go to war and my guys die? This is bullshit. So he moves the ambush, and they... Well, they ambush these guys. It's like this, and and Powers is yelling at them, like, this is the wrong ambush site. What the fuck is the wrong ambush site? Exactly. Again, this is... Major Powers doesn't understand that if he wants his troops to be actually good... Mm -hmm. He actually has to train them. This is the first time in the movie that you see Major Power's biggest flaw in that everything needs to be orderly. Yeah. No plan survives contact with the enemy. The enemy. I yeah. mean, regardless. But, but of, he wants, but he, th- yeah, he thinks an orderly plan will create better soldiers. Exactly. Yeah. And um, then I think the next time that we see that is, is when they go to muster for their, uh, well, we'll, we'll talk this, about that when we get this there. This ends with the run. Yes. Like the bear pit, doesn't yeah. it? No, yeah. no, no, it doesn't. The bear pit happens later. Are you sure? I am pretty sure. I think that happens no, no, after the first no, no, no. muster. Yes, that's you're right, it right, you're right there. Right, you're right, right. Yeah, so that's like the first time that I think that Major Powers realizes that he's he's turning these recon soldiers into good soldiers. Yeah, yeah because in the next shot, he shits all over the lieutenant. Yeah, uh, who told you to you know to you could you could uh, deviate from my my training schedule? Was like as you see why this is planned, so forth and so on. How dare you? Like, I have a chart. Why aren't you following the chart? Exactly. Um, but what I appreciate is that this lieutenant takes, like, Powers is screaming at this guy. Mm-hmm. And when it, and when he comes out of the office, you know, Highway looks at him as Lieutenant Recon. Yeah. Gives him a thumbs up. Yeah. And that is the, like, it's, you're one of us. Exactly. And the lieutenant, for the yeah. first time, stands up straight. Mm-hmm. 
and he looks like a Marine because he's being treated like one. This is no different than what Highway did to the Swede, except he doesn't beat the shit out of the lieutenant. Exactly. It's, it's earning your respect from someone through their he, own uh, idea of what respect is. Well, he he gives Swede the opportunity to be respectful. Yeah. The lieutenant has, because he, he says, I gave the... the um, I gave the sergeant permission to freelance, which, by the way, he didn't. No, he didn't. He, he took did. the bullet for Gunny. He took a bullet for Gunny, and, yeah. and the Gunny respects that. And yeah. you're seeing how respect works in the Army. Mm-hmm. You know, the Calgary Stampede always does a military display, and I used to work it uh, as, as a medic. Yes, and you had lots of lovely young mothers. Yeah, we're not going over that horror story <laughs> ever again. Hit on by, by someone with two kids. But anyway, the the reg force guys are the you know the full time regular force army guys mm-hmm. they didn't have a lot of time for me even though you know the, the captain in charge unhappily in charge of this whole display looks at me and says you you are the water monkey you will make sure that everyone here is hydrated like like sir I'm not a medic on duty I'm here to show off my ambulance let me repeat you are the water monkey yes sir like, <laughs> okay what am I gonna do right yeah and they had no time for me these guys you know the ones these some of these guys had, had come back from Afghanistan mm-hmm. they didn't have time for some wee little corporal no. medic and then uh, someone comes to me and screams help 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 we have an emergency so mm-hmm. i grab my bag and i go running and this german tourist had decided in 32 degree weather to slake her thirst with five beers yeah and she passed out falling face first onto the tarmac mm-hmm. onto the concrete in front of the uh, saddle dome and her nose blood everywhere broke her nose she's lying it looked like she had fallen it looks like she had fallen standing at attention right and I start barking orders. You go get me a blanket so we can shade her from the sun. I pointed. I looked at this one guy in a white uniform, which is Navy, but I didn't look at rank because I was focused on my patient. Mm-hmm. You go do this, do that. Turned out afterwards, it was the first officer of the HMCS Calgary. Oh, really? So <laughs> we little Farron, we little Farron Corporal, mm-hmm. you know, l- Lieutenant Commander or whatever the fuck he was, first officer aboard Her Majesty's Canadian <laughs> Ship Calgary. And I'll give this guy credit; he didn't. Flinch. He mm-hmm. he he did what I said, and after that, after I handled this what this emergency, mm-hmm. I had the respect of all those Reg Force soldiers. They I had all the time it. in the world for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I'd done something anything especially awesome, mm-hmm. because I didn't do anything awesome because uh, Stampede Security wouldn't let me treat her. Oh, really? Because I wasn't on I wasn't on duty. Uh. So they came and scraped her up, and it was fine. Yeah. But I did all that I could until the minute they arrived. Yeah. It didn't help that the guy from campus security who was hanging around with us was a guy who had been in the military, and they booted him because he was an asshole. So he had an axe to grind with us, which is why he wouldn't let me treat her. But whatever. The point was, when this was all over, I had the respect of th- these guys. And for the rest of my time, they're, hey, Matt, you want me to get you coffee? And yeah, man, I couldn't have – I was gum under their boot until that moment. Mm-hmm. And then I had proven myself. Mm-hmm. That I, I was clearly not just pretending, like, you know, the joke of the reserves is twice the citizen, half the soldier. Yeah. They, I was no longer, in their eyes, a civilian wearing a uniform. I had proven myself as a medic. Right. The fact that I looked at the first officer of a naval ship and barked orders at him without flinching, I think kind of impressed him a little bit. Yeah. And after that, we were good to go. And this is that exact same thing. It is. It's, he's, this lieutenant has shown he's a Marine. Mm-hmm. And I... I appreciate it way more now than I did before I joined the army. Yeah, I believe it. Because I, I know it's true. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about this movie. It's it's based on real events, but obviously these people are all fictional. And the movie is true with a capital T. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a truth to it that anyone who's ever served in the military will look at it and go, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I recognize, maybe not, maybe not A, B, and C, but I recognize D. Yeah. And and this is that. And, and you don't need to have... 
A, B, and C recognized. As long as you've got that kernel there, that is a, a rallying cry for people to kind of go, okay, I can I can relate, I get it, I understand it. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. And so the next scene is, I mean, this sort of old-timers by, and it's, it's yeah. Sergeant Major Chuzo and him, and they're just sort of, I think, talking about old times. Yeah, so they're sort of sitting there, and then the phone rings, says your, your regiment's been put on platoon. Right. Wait, what? So, what did I just your say? Your regiment's been put on platoon? I am not so thick as you <laughs> drunk I am. <laughs> I did not drink six beers before this event. Leave me alone. No, okay. I, um, they they uh, get the they call. Put, put on alert. Yeah, put on alert. And we were, and and so they head out. And the last thing the bartender says, this the wife of this old friend says, "God bless." Yeah. Because she's been through this in Korea and in Vietnam. She knows these mm-hmm. people. Like it's very much the sort of the generic stereotypical woman left behind. Yeah. But in fact, she doesn't. She. She plays the character well. She was directed well. It's not... She's, she's in three scenes, but she's a good character. She's, yeah. a, you know, she's you, not boring. She you know adds what? something. You could watch a movie about her, yeah. I think. Her 100%. and Aggie. You could watch a movie about, from their point of view, the women who deal with these Marines who are married or who were married to them. They're interesting. You know? yeah. I never. There's no character here that I wouldn't want to learn a little more about. Yeah, everyone, everyone I'd like to learn a little bit more about. I don't think I think there's lots of characters that I just don't give a damn about. Beyond maybe a little bit more. Yeah, you want five more minutes with them, but yeah, yeah. Some, but her. Like I said I would watch a movie about them. Yeah, yeah. So we go back to barracks. I can't find my tent. Where's my poncho liner? God damn it, man! Who's got my web gear? Yo, man, Ponte better get his big cartoon face back here. He's gonna do time for doing A W O L. Let's have an equipment check. Weapon. Well, let's keep it simple. You got your boots on, you're going to walk into combat. Let's go. They you know, they sort of, they gather them in what I guess is like, a, looks like a ballpark. They're just mm-hmm. in the stands. Yeah. And he's like, I need this, this, and this. He's like, you have not filled out the, 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 the correct forms well, I'll, because I'll, Powers doesn't understand yeah. that. It's like, what do you mean the forms? We're going into combat. Well, Give me what I need. He didn't know? even ask for multiple things. He says, I want a player of uh, night, night vision, vision glasses. glasses. You have, yeah, it's not part of your yeah. whatever the you know whatever yeah. the quote was. It's EO like, something ETO, or another. whatever. Yeah. Would, essentially, is standard. This is a list of things your your troops should have. Yeah, exactly. And night vision goggles is on there. Fill out the forms in triplicate. Yeah. And he's looking at him like, "Are you kidding yeah, me?" He goes, "I just want to give my platoon leader night vision glasses." Yeah. What is and, the problem here? And so um, then we and, have and, yeah, and that's interrupted by the yeah. arrival of a general yeah. <laughs> who's clearly just inspecting all of this. Mm-hmm. At ease, man. Major Malcolm Powers, sir, Annapolis, class of 71. How you men doing, Major? My men are ready to fight to the death to protect our country, sir. Well, let's hope that won't be necessary. Have we ever served together? I don't know, sir. Sergeant Major Chuzu and I were in the 2nd Battalion of the 7th and 68. I had a rifle company, 1st Battalion, 7th. Well, we sure as hell chewed some of the same dirt, sir. That's for sure. What's your assessment of this alert? It's a clusterfuck. Say again? Marines are fighting men, sir. They shouldn't be sitting around in their sorry asses uh, filling out request forms for equipment they should already have. Interesting observation, Gunny. And immediately you know this general respects Gunny Highway and mm-hmm. Chuzu. He says Chuzu and I. Exactly. Um, he respects those two more than he does any of the officers. Yeah. And then it's like, now hear this. It's like, 
this is it. We're going to war. Yeah. This has been a readiness exercise. And again, when he's you know when he says that's it, we're going to war. Yeah. You like I said you can almost see the erection. Oh the yeah. And it's like this has been a readiness drill, and he's deflated. He wants to go like Powers is an asshole. He wants yeah. to go to battle. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ridiculous. It is. He's an asshole. He has no context for what the reality of war is because yeah. he's coming out of. But a- again, that's another stereotype of Hollywood, and that's fine. Absolutely, it's also very real. But it, it is what it and is. Then, and then of course it comes. Okay, where is Aponte? Where yeah. is this goddamn soul, this corporal who is always missing? Mm-hmm. And Stitch Jones doesn't skip a beat. He takes him to him, and that's where we realize well, that Aponte's got like five kids and like like we filled out all the forms the army has it's just not enough the neat thing is that like he's still very very gruff is at one point i'm not sure how he winds with one of the babies in his arms yeah he just gets pushed like knock it off will you like he's trying to or issue orders to this baby but he's still gentle and and what does he do he he reaches in and pulls out a wad of cash yeah now i have no idea what gunnery sergeants make but they're not Mm, not rolling in it they're not rolling in the fact that he hands them everything that's in his pocket yeah it's a hell of a gesture it's a fistful of bills and i mean even again coming back to the beginning of the movie he says you know i hope she's not coming for alimony because i don't have anything and that's it's hard not to respect this guy seriously you know we mentioned earlier when we talked about the scene it's him looking after his 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 boys it is yeah and i'm i'm super impressed with that but then what does he do he gets back in the truck and leaves leaves uh, jones Jones behind like man this man has no social skill yeah (laughs) You can't just leave the Ayatollah of rock and roll. Well, well yeah. yes, you can, actually. Yeah. It's, it's a funny scene. It is. Um, it's sort of gunny highway thing. It's like, oh, that's so you, highway. You yeah, know, like, exactly. Um, so then he's going to show up at Aggie's right. house Aggie's with some house. beer. With some beer. And they have a nice talk. Mm-hmm. And it's a good talk. It is. And then he... He, he swings for the fences. He swings for the fences. He goes in behind her. I don't think he's going to sleep with her. I don't think that's his intention. No, it's not. I think but he's just he's, to work his way back into her grace. He starts yeah. giving her... Uh, a massage, mm-hmm. and she said, "Oh, you old bastard! You you, you changed, changed tactics. You changed tactics on me." <laughs> and she starts throwing shit out of him, and he he goes, "Okay, fine, forget the whole thing." And he leaves yep. the door, and she throws the beer after him, yep. hits him in the back, hits him in the back, and it falls, and he grabs it, and he goes back to his car, and it's like, "God damn it! I don't nope. know why I did that." It's a complete shit show, but the fact is. I don't think he thinks they're going to get married again. I don't think. No. I think. I think he just he wants to make things right with her. I think so. But he doesn't know how because again, yeah. he couldn't have been much of a husband. I don't. You know, thinking about wasn't it, it a high school thing? Weren't they like high school sweethearts? Wasn't that? Sweethearts? Yeah, they they've been together for like forever. a long time. Yeah. yeah, but I I genuinely actually think that he still cares for her. Oh, that's good. They care for each other. That's yeah. clear. It's a good scene. And then of course we have. Yet another uh, Stitch Jones Ayatollah of Rock and yeah. Rolla scene where there's the um, uh, uh, the, the competition, the, the competition, yeah. and the uh, the guy doing the competition, uh, um, yeah, he, he he gives it to uh, uh, another singer, singer who's clearly his girlfriend. Well, yeah, clearly his girlfriend, and like you can hear the last couple of seconds of what she's singing, it's and it's pretty bad, awful. Yeah, oh, it's and awful. The funny thing is, the guy who plays it, he did uh, Canadian Tire commercials for years. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a Canadian actor. Oh, cool. Um, and, you know, Stitch was like, that's bullshit. And he rips away the mic. He's like, yeah. who thinks I won? And then, of course, the the whole, uh, the, 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 the bouncers yeah. grab him. And next thing you know, he's being locked in jail yeah. where we hear that Gunny Highway is. So we know what happened to Gunny Highway yeah. after he left Aggie's house. Exactly. He got drunk and disorderly and he's in a drunk tank. Yep. And Chuzu comes and, Chuzu and Aggie. Aggie. Christ. 
powers will thin slice your prick and pitch your gonads. He finds out about this. Come on. Hey, Sergeant Major. Who the hell are you? <laughs> Jones, sir, 2nd Battalion, Recon Platoon. Oh, Christ. Highway's Platoon. Snap to Marine. Give me yeah. a hand. Highway knows I'm innocent, man. We're like brothers. Like my team. grandmother. Yes, well, I posted his bail. Major Aggie. Until <laughs> the next one. Yeah. So he gets bailed out mostly because he's there to help Chuzu scrape highway yeah. off the off the ground. Exactly. And they drag Aggie him back. Post his bail. Yeah, yeah. But, and they go back to the old timers bar. Mm-hmm. And there's two. Probably, I think this is the best scene in the movie. The, the, there's two of them, and I think they're the best. Because yeah. on the one hand, you have you know, Aggie will put him back together. She always does, mm-hmm. and she's literally like dressing his wounds because it's clear he got into a fight or something. Yeah. He's got blood on his face. And she's like, you know, if we're going to do this, you got to know that like, it's not going to be like before. And, yeah. and and at one point, she he says, I don't think I like the way you say Marine. And he mm-hmm. says, I have earned the right to say that any way I want, yeah. sitting in front of the TV, hoping I'd see you and then praying I would. And he says, yeah, I guess you did. Yeah. And that's a, it's a, it's, it's a serious scene, but it's, it's really good. But at the same time, there's the other scene where Jones is looking at all these old timer pictures with Chuzu. Mm-hmm. And they talk about what Heartbreak Ridge really is. We went up and down that pine dirt for six days and six nights. Fixed bayonets, hand to hand. Fought him something fierce. <laughs> they gave back as good as they got. Watch a man died. We were the 23rd Infantry. We joined the Corps later. Hell, yeah. we were even younger than you are. <laughs> I never heard of no Heartbreak Ridge. <laughs> it ain't in any of the history books. It's just a little piece of war. Hell, the place didn't even have a name, just a number. Tony Jackson took one look up at it and said, Ladies, just don't kill us, it'll surely break our hearts. This is where I think Jones realizes this guy has earned the right to be the dick he is. Yeah. And it sort of ends with, like, if you notice how respectful he is of the, of the woman who keeps the bar, it's like, right. can I get you anything? Uh, no, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. No, ma'am. Not no. No, ma'am. He understands yeah. the history of what's happened, yeah. A, in this bar, B, with these people. Yeah, and, and then he, you could see, because he's really intelligent, you could see the light bulb go up. It's yeah. like, are you up when Gunny Highway wakes up? It's like, well, I lay out his things. Yeah. And you can see this smile. Yeah. And then the next morning, they're all formed up, and they're all wearing the same shirt he yeah. is, and you can see the, the shit-eating smile yeah. on her face. It's... And that's all it is. That's the whole scene. Just well, the, we do have the the lieutenant there as well, who is the, now the odd man out. Yeah, and he looks at him, and they just sort of look at him. And he's got a white shirt on, and yeah. that's hilarious. Uh, like, yeah, he's getting there. But yeah. it's Clint Eastwood is really good at injecting simple bits of visual humor that mm-hmm. aren't slapstick. It's not wah wah. Exactly. It's, it, it's funny. It makes you smile. Yeah, you're not going to laugh your ass off and fall out of your theater seat. It's just, yeah. that's funny. And it's in character for everyone. Exactly. Um, and then, yeah, the very next scene is them jumping out of the back of Chinook helicopters. Yeah. Uh, Joe Hansen, tighten up that goddamn harness. Gordon, I'm afraid of heights. So am I. You are. Jumping out of a perfectly good aircraft is not a natural act. So let's do it right and enjoy the view. Come on. All these guys... They just do it, like despite yeah. the fact that they're goofballs and not, and some of them aren't that bright. They all jump out of the back of a goddamn aircraft because Gunny told them to. <coughs> well, <laughs> they're disciplined and they're highly trained Marines. Yeah. Uh, never doubt that Marines are well trained. Yeah, they land, mm-hmm. and then it's a march to a, a location, right. and that's where they spot Powers Platoon and they race yeah. to an endpoint. And you can't and really see who, who definitively wins. gets there first, but yeah. they arrive at roughly that, the same. That's point. right. And then the Sergeant Major Chuzu, who is like the referee, he's got a white band around his head, yeah. says, well, there's only way to solve this, matchup. So they go yeah. into what's called the bear pit, which is essentially a waist-deep water, which I'm sure is 
not the sort of water you'd ever want to let into your mouth. No. Uh, yeah, report to the medic and get like shots for the plague and everything <laughs> shots else. Shots for everything. You know, We're just going to stick you. Yeah. And so it's just this wrestling match. And the idea is drag the other platoon out of the water. And once you're out of the water, you're there. Yeah. And it comes down. Like it's... It's a fight, but it's not a knockdown drag out. Yeah. But it's the sort of wrestling match mm-hmm. fight that you do see in the army. Absolutely. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it ends with Stitch Jones being <laughs> almost being dragged out by these two guys. They've got him, like, because they almost drown him. Yeah. And he's being dragged out and he reaches up and he grabs them both by the balls <laughs> and they, they drop. drop to their knees and, he and he's, just, yeah. Yeah. And Empower says, oh, we win. It's like, well, I don't see it that way. And it's like, you know, it's like, Sergeant Major Chuzo, as your commanding officer, I order you to declare me the winner. It's like, yeah. that's nope. not fair. First for two win. I don't see it that way, Major. You got to order, Gunny. First platoon is king of the pit. How do you figure? Your man cheated. I say he improvised. He cheated. He adapted. He overcame. There's only one way to settle this. Platoon sergeant, front and center. Remember, sergeant, I'm leading your platoon today. You know. the, the only way that you could have made Powers more of a goofball is by giving him the first name Max. Yeah, and- <laughs> but the thing is, he thinks he's hardcore. He's exactly. like, I've been waiting to kick your ass. And he's and a caricature of that. Yeah, and the thing is, is that Everett McGill is a... Is a is not a small person. He mm-hmm. looks like he's about six two. Clearly, he had done some work. So right. Major Powers, uh, like he, he looks big, and yeah. bigger than Highway. But we've already yeah. learned that, that doesn't matter. No. Ask the Swede, and it's not like Gunny Highway sort of beats him up and look you know he's like commanding officer i should show some dignity yeah he beats the shit out of him and drags him out actually that's right he drowns him right he drowns him to the point where he isn't powers doesn't even come out of the pit under his own power he is a he's a drowned rat dragged and dumped on the ground yeah and it's like you realize this is the end of that battle between the two Mm -hmm. powers has lost and he knows that it's it's over and so then you have to ask yourself well what's next the only thing that Powers has left in the toolkit at this point is hoping for insubordination. Yeah, so he sends um, this other winter. What is the guy's name? Is the sergeant? Who is in Webster. Webster, yeah. Thank you. Webster. The one with his, with his nose up Powers' ass. Yeah. He comes into the platoon and says, I want statements on you all. Mm-hmm. Unauthorized use of weapons, all this. And they all say, I got nope. nothing to say. It's like, I, don't you want to go back to no one messing with you? It's like, well, nobody messes with us now. Yeah. And this is where you realize this is the part in the film where like 20 other, 30 other, 100 other films before it, they have come together as a platoon. Yeah. His mission complete. Well, now what's next? Well, in a World War II film, they would go off to fight the Nazis. Right. But here they have something else. Yeah. And so it actually starts with a very formal, um, they're called mess dinners. Oh, is that what Where you okay. show up with, well, this isn't a mess dinner. Those are ridiculously formal events, but it's, it's, bl- it's dress blues with all your ribbons and there's a receiving line. Yeah. Um, the whole night, it's a very formal event. You know, these guys are like, you look at the amount of <laughs> medals that, that, yeah. that him and Shuzu have. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. And of course, he has to, you know, Highway has to wear his CMH around his neck. And right. Shuzu says, I love the way people snap to attention <laughs> when they see the itty bitty medal. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a neat it's a neat little scene. And Aggie is there and, and he's surprised. as Well, I guess I'm still on the mailing list. Yeah. Because, of course, they were married. Yeah. So it's a, it's a small social circle. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Um, it's the CO. It's the, it's the general we'd met. Yeah. Who said, oh, it's a clusterfuck, sir. Yeah. The, you know. Ask them again. Have you been in any clusterfucks lately? No, not that I can yeah, think and, of. And the, and the wife looks at him like she's never heard that term. Like, yeah. lady, you've been married to a Marine. You know the term. Yeah. But whatever. It's a polite dinner. Exactly. And then, in fact, they are called to alert. Right. This time it's real. And there's no setup. 
bang, we're on an aircraft carrier. Now yeah. it's, well, October 23rd, 1983. Gunny Highway, like these guys are sort of sitting around on this um, uh, on this aircraft carrier with all their gear and they're wondering what's happening. And then Gunny Highway and the lieutenant come in and they've got camo on and says, this is it, we're going to war. Yeah. And they kind of freak out. Yo, Gunny, what's the deal? This is another bullshit alert, right? Going to war, man. Mother of Jesus. We're going to assist in an operation on the island of Grenada to rescue American citizens there. The island of what? Grenada. It's a Caribbean island, also known as the Isle of Spice. It's 86 nautical miles from the northeast coast of Venezuela. Now, our mission is to helicast into a small bay on the west side of the island and recon in advance of the Marine Landing Force. No, 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 I can't do that, man. I done forgot my suntan on. Come on, it's time to earn your pay. Let's move. They all, like, they realize, holy shit, we're going to war now. Stitch Jones has a line in there where he goes, I, I can't do this. I, I, I forgot my something or another. And yet he does it. Yeah. It's all mouth, but that's the yeah. end of it. Yeah. And then they, you know, they're, they're put in a helicopters. They're dropped off the coast with flippers. They swim yeah. in. They're running around. Now, what the actual invasion was is that in like, 1974 or so, Grenada won its independence from Britain. Mm-hmm. And in 79, a Marxist-Leninist, so we're not talking about just a communist. We're right. about someone who likes the Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, they sort of, t- I don't know whether they're voted in or they take control of the country. I, I don't know. But believe it or not, there were rebels who thought he wasn't Marxist enough. Right. So they overthrew him mm-hmm. and, and executed this guy. And wow. three days later, Reagan sent in the troops because the Cubans got involved mm-hmm. with this <laughs> more communist than the Marxist-Leninists right. military coup, President Ronald Reagan was not going to allow this. And so he sent troops into Grenada. And when they said, well, what's your justification? Well, we're rescuing um, uh, 600 American uh, students at the medical university. They also didn't want another Iran hostage situation. Yeah. So they sent in the Marines. I mean, the whole invasion took three days. Yeah. It they was, occupied it for two months, for a I, month and a half and sent them on their way and then uh, went home. I did see the uh, the numbers, though. There was like 19 killed for the invader, invading side. And then the Americans. Grenada, uh, Grenada mm-hmm. had 42 killed, I think, you in know, total. It, yeah, so there wasn't a lot of deaths. But there's enough. I mean, but there's it, enough. You know, milit- the, purpose of the, the purpose of an army is to kill people and break their shit until their leaders do what you want. Yeah. That is the purpose of an army. Kill people and break stuff. They were told to reconnoiter. We never quite know what it is, but mm-hmm. they have a, a firefight. What I like yeah. about it is that it's not a blazing Michael Bay right. no, it's action a, film. It's a realistic firefight. It's a real, you know, it's, it's, they come across a blockade on a road. Mm-hmm. They're very clever about it. They yeah. take up a, uh, a caterpillar, a cat, a, cat yeah. a caterpillar, uh, you know, they, they use they use it to, use blow, that over to blow over the that. Uh, the uh, what do you call the it? machine the, gun uh, nest the machine gun nests they, they do kill people they do actually say early right when they uh, are about to I think it's right before they deploy that you're going into the medical school and you're going to rescue the hostages that are there yeah yeah they, yeah that's that's yeah, aboard yeah. The, the aircraft carrier yeah so they um, do give them that much but that's um, all they know yeah that's all we know that's, but of course people who uh, watch this movie are not 12 right you know they're they're adults they all know about they they all remember it was only three years previous exactly this Um, is really topical all things considered exactly so there's this first firefight and we we realize that gunny highway is kind of cold-blooded like at one point Mm -hmm. he drops his bag says cover me yeah and he goes around and he just slaughters these guys and then he takes a cigar cigar out of one of the dead guys one of the dead guys and he's kind of cold-blooded in the meantime well um, this is this is after he's gone ahead and Made sure that they were dead in full sight of the rest of the yeah, platoon. Yeah, he just put a few bolts in their chest, and yeah. you know, one guy he's like he's crossing himself because mm-hmm. he realizes like he says, "Jesus, forgive me." Like, yeah, they're starting to re- they're starting to realize, "Holy shit, I'm in fact at war." Yeah, and then they come across the school. Get in there, let them know who you are, so no friendlies get hurt. Hello, happening hostages. I'm Stitch Jones, Mr. Funkadelic. Sorry, U.S. Marine shit. And you know, there's a few kind of silly scenes, like the one guy 
burst oh, into the uh, edit. Stitch Jones. Yeah. Well, no, it's the first. It's um, oh, uh, oh, it's, it's him. Whatever yeah. his name is. Uh, into the anatomy lab, yeah, and he shoots up the skeleton. It's like your aim improved. Yeah. You know, and then yeah, and then Stitch Jones. It's an eighties movie, so you get eighties boobs. Yeah. He finds a uh, one the of women's these, locker room. The women's locker room with someone showering. Well, look, he doesn't expect these people to be sort of sitting around and chilling. Yeah. And then in the next scene, we see, you know, they only, they don't show 600. They show, it no, looks like, like about 30, 30 or 40 yeah. of these, these students. And they sort of, they rescue them. They put them in the back of trucks. And these guys, they're told to reconnoiter a hilltop, which is like this old Spanish fort with cannons and mm-hmm. everything. And major powers tells them not to engage. Right. But they get shot at. So what are they going to do? And they wind up in this old house where Profile is killed almost right away. Yeah. There's a, you know, a tank shell they, that they, blows they, out the wall. Yeah. Because they make a mistake. They start running for the house and Gunny Highway is saying, no, no, come back, come yeah, back. Yeah, get down. You know, don't get trapped in a... But exactly. of course, he runs in there with them. Well, it's, he's the, the platoon is led by the lieutenant, who this is his first time in combat. And he panics and he runs for the... Yeah, he exactly. runs for the worst place he should. Yeah. And then um, there's, there's a shootout. Uh, they send Stitch Jones on. We keep calling him Stitch Jones. It's not. It's Corporal Jones, but well, whatever. It's, it's, yeah. He calls himself Stitch all yeah. the damn time. So it's they, on his jacket. Yeah, so they send him up to the roof to tie up a, a, <laughs> to phone, fix a, phone, a cable. phone cable. And he does it with a... You notice he doesn't debate. He just does yeah. it. And then they make a call, a collect call yeah. to Camp Lejeune yeah. using Stitch Jones' credit card yeah. to make a collect call. Now, I thought this was bullshit, but here's the thing. It really happened. Oh, did it really? The, their, their radio got shot out. Yeah. And someone made a collect call to Camp Lejeune. Wow. And called in air support. It is oh. a real thing that happened. That's incredible. I had no idea about yeah. that. I so had to look it up. It did really it, does. Did it follow the narrative where like they weren't sure if the call went through or was I that added know. for dramatic effect? I don't know. Okay. But I know that they did. This was a thing that happened. Oh, that's so cool. They made the phone call. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Because remember what's the first thing the Camp Lejeune operator says? Are, Are you, you for real? real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but this in fact did happen, which oh, is kind wow. of funny. I mean, look, in this day and age, if we were invading a country like that, you'd half of the soldiers would get out your goddamn cell phone. Yeah. Like, find a way. Yeah. These days, uh, American radios are satellite radios. Right. But it's not funny, ha-ha. It's funny, strange. It's yeah. quirky and it's weird. But it's one of those crazy things that does happen in combat. Yeah. Uh, and this one is true. And you sort of you know, they wipe the, well, they bring in air support. Mm-hmm. So they, they call for the air support. Then Gunny takes off saying, well, they're not going to find us if well, they don't, because yeah. they di- they weren't sure if they got the full coordinates through for the airstrike. So he goes, they're never going to find us if we don't get a marker out there. He goes out yeah. with a black gas grenade. They think he's that. been blown up. He, yeah. And he nudges them and he opens his eyes and says, thank you, kind sir, for checking on me. Now, Gunny! Because we're holding hands doesn't mean we're going to take warm showers till the wee hours of the morning. You hear me? Sucker, I thought you was dead. It's a gunny highway line. It is, um, and it's so good. Yeah, and then they they go and they, they take a, a lighthouse. Well, this is the fort. This yeah. is the fort at the top of the hill. No, yeah. but then there's the lighthouse after. And they blow people up and they throw their grenades in and people... They, they, I, I thought that... like, Yeah, that's what I'm talking no, about. No, that's, 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 oh, that's oh, later. Okay. Right? Because they're, they... they sort oh, of, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then... Yeah, so they, they sort of clear out this lighthouse and yeah. then Major Powers arrives and says, I ordered you not to... You know, not to engage. Like, mm-hmm. we, you know, we improvised, we overcame and you're starting to bore the hell out of me. Yeah. And then the general shows up and... And he says, you know, Gunny Highway, you know, you know, disobeyed yeah. orders. It's like, well, yeah. he's a Marine. He's yeah. a hard charger. He improvised. Yeah. So where do you come from? I'll come over for supply. Are you <laughs> good at it? Yes, sir. Well, go back. Because as an infantry officer, you're a clusterfuck. <laughs> and it's funny because, you know, Chuzu and, and Gunny look at the general and says, 
What are you two looking at? Get out of my LZ. Yeah. Like Semper Fi, and off they go. Yeah. Semper Fi is short for Semper Fidelis. It means always faithful. Right. It's their motto. It's the, the Marine yes. motto. It's just, it's very clear who the good guys here, who the bad guys are. The general knows. He knows who's reliable and who's not. Exactly. And that's he, the end of the war. Yeah, they you knew know. who made the made the play to get to the top of the hill. It wasn't yeah. the major who showed up 20 minutes later. With a camera. With a camera. With a camera to take some pictures yeah. for, his, for his memoirs. But yeah. his, when it's all over, it's... A sort of a very stereotypical ending. The plane lands, the hostages come out, then the troops come out. Mm-hmm. There's the, you know, the Stars and Stripes Forever being played by a band and yeah. everyone gets greeted. And we learn that uh, Jones has re-enlisted. She's who gave him sign-up papers yeah. because he took those into combat with him, apparently. Your, wow. your boots because you're walking into combat, your rifle because you're going to shoot at someone. And, and your re-up, re-up papers? Your re-up papers maybe? because some corporal might ask you, yeah. yeah. But whatever. Uh, he says, you know, I'm I, always, I was always a better Marine than I was a yeah. rock and roll star. And you realize, you know, this is the the payoff that yeah. Stitch Jones has grown up. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll buy that. You know what? They're on Grenada. They have to get off of Grenada, back to an aircraft carrier, and then from that aircraft carrier to an airfield where yeah, they whatever. fly back to the States. Right. I'll, I'll buy it. It's it's right up there with, as you know, yeah, let me exactly. explain to you, Miles Gear. <laughs> it's the same thing. And it ends with... You know, him, we see that Aggie is waving for him with a little American flag and they sort of walk off into the distance and you realize, Gunny's going to be okay. Yeah. Because, you know, one thing when when she sort of pulled him out of the drunk tank says, you know, he says, you know, that great scene we talked about, he says, you know, you're going to be out of the Marines soon and you need to learn to deal with that. Yeah. And this is sort of, this is her way of saying, okay, I've accepted you. Now we're done. Yeah. This is his last deployment. We're done now. Exactly. And it ends well enough. It does. I liked how this movie ended. It wrapped up well. It didn't, uh, I I guess I'm just so used to movies right now. Is it like leaving that option open for a sequel? sequel. Yeah. And 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 it's not, it's, it's a story. It's self-contained. It's done. Yeah. It's over. The, the, the the invasion scene, I think is all of 15 minutes. There's three firefights in it. None of it is like, can you imagine if this were a Michael Bay or a JJ Abrams? Well, if it was Michael Bay, you'd have everything short of a, of a nuclear uh, mushroom cloud in the background. Right. If it was J.J. Abrams, it'd be brutal beyond reason, and yeah. you wouldn't be able to follow it because of all the fast cuts. Oh, it'd be fast cuts and, everywhere. And and lens flare. Uh, no, <laughs> that's just a Star Trek thing. But well, like I remember I said at the beginning, it's almost an insult to call him competent, but he's yeah. so competent that he can elevate a B-movie into glory. And and he really did that here. He did. And like it's, it's, again, what we said at the beginning, it, it was a really well-told movie that was exceptional yeah. in its depiction of real life. See, I was one, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this with you because you're, you're a whole generation younger, unlike Raimi and Heather, mm-hmm. who all speak the same language as me, which is the language of the movie. Right. We met 20 years ago this summer in basic training. You don't have that military background and you don't know this time. Like you're not from, you You don't come from the 80s. No. And I was curious how a movie like this would would land with you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. I did. Uh, I, I can see why a lot of people, at least of, of current generation, mm-hmm. might not, because as, as you mentioned, it's very different cinematography. In it's not flashy. Current parlance, right yeah. now. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't think it's slow. No, it's not. It's like, not. It, slow. it keeps moving. There's yeah. not a point in this movie where you're just going, okay, what's what's the next bit? What are we going to see next? There's there's always something, whether it's yeah. a training scene, whether it's a personal interaction, and there's not a point where it's boring. Yeah, and, and there's always some character in there. Exactly. It's never just, this is a functional scene so mm-hmm. we can advance the plot. It's, what will this do for the characters? And in, in past episodes, I've kind of complained where we don't get much of a character art. Yeah, well, we talked about that in Highlander with yeah. the date. Yeah. Why did that date, why did that scene need to happen? Right. And I don't think there's a single scene in this movie where you say, 
why they waste our time on this yeah. scene? You could have done this elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The closest we come is when the lieutenant goes, as you know, exactly. let me explain what you know. Exactly. Um, but even that has a purpose, which is the audience in the 80s may not know what Miles Gear is. Right. So there's... There's no point where your time is wasted, where you're bored, where yeah. you're just looking at a screen with things flashing on it. Yeah. Everything is meant to drive the story forward. And the and, characters. And the characters. Whether or not the characters actually develop a little bit. Yeah. Or whether they become better people. You can mostly leave that up to your own interpretation of yeah. what happens outside of the film. But yeah, but, but your time isn't wasted because no. their time isn't wasted. Exactly. I, I appreciate that. Like I, I see this movie many times. When we did Highlander, I said, every time I watch it, I like it less. Yeah. Same with Dune. Every mm-hmm. time I watch it, I like it less. Really? This movie, I like way more than yeah. I did because now I appreciate it more. Of course. But I'm more mature. I'm I'm closer to Gunny Highway than to Corporal Jones in this stage of my life. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. You old bastard. Well, uh, I mean, like, like, come on. Okay. Come well, on. now, well, yeah, it's 12, it's 12, 13. I need to take my nap now. So let's, <laughs> let's wrap this up. Okay. You young, you young whippersnapper, get off my lawn. So, I mean, if you were Any to- Any last thoughts? You know what? Do you recommend it to your, would you recommend it to your peers? Yeah, 100% I would recommend this to a, a, a lot of people. There's some people that I wouldn't yeah. because... Oh, it's always that. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I just know that there's... You mean your five-year-old people, cousin you wouldn't have her watch it? No. Like, there's lots of people that I, I would absolutely recommend it to. Anybody who likes a good story should watch this movie. Yeah. And anybody who likes a good story, has great taste, and loves this podcast should go review us on iTunes as well <laughs> because that helps us move up the charts and help more people find us. So if you love us, please come and let us know with a five-star review. So let's let's leave it there. And um, I'm going to go shoot at you with the AK-47 live ammunition. So I'll give you two seconds to run. All right, great. I'll see you later. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>